Sounds like he's making an espresso or something. <laughs> yeah, You're on right. his <laughs> I'm jealous now. I got some defiant munitions back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, dude, I did. I got some. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say, I'll send you some. Do you like it? I don't drink coffee. Do you like it? We, um, we do a dark roast and a medium roast. I, uh, the dark roast is, is awesome. It's just coffee. I mean, it's nothing special. It's you need to send coffee. Brian some. What's you, that? Send Brian some. Yeah, man. I love coffee. I'll take yeah. some. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Pete, this is Brian Steer. He's uh, over the marketing over at uh, Lockdown Secure. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Brian, this is Pete Pye. He's the owner of Defiant Munitions. Yeah, I was my family. I don't know if you ever heard of Corbon Ammunition Company. What is it? Corbon Ammunition Corbon? Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was my family's company. My dad started that company in 1982, and then we have since sold that, and I went off on my own and started up Defiant Munitions. Okay. Cool, man. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Corbon was uh, a self-defense, like real self-defense-oriented ammo for a long yeah. time. Yeah, so. and, it, it, you know, Defiance is the kind of the same way I'm, we're building, you know, getting into the hunting market more now. You know, and some of the new cartridges. So, so yeah. yeah, we're adding new stuff all the time. All right, y'all ready? Let's do it. Amen. All right, all right, all right, Leadheads. We are back with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast, coming to you from the Lead Quarters, educating the uneducated since 2012. The Talking Lead Podcast. This is our tenth year of podcasting. We were one of the first, if not the first, firearms podcast out there available. So. There's a lot of people that got got in there right at the same time, but I think we we might have beat everybody. But regardless, we're still here. We're still doing it. We're having great episodes for you, Leadheads, cranking them out weekly, sometimes more. And uh, this is a, a topic this episode that I want to talk about that I haven't really gotten into yet. It's one of those where you know I'm afraid to get into it because anytime I start something new. You know, it just adds up. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> so we've got uh, we got some experts on here to talk to us about reloading today. Uh, so before we get into it, before I introduce my guest, uh, make sure if you haven't had an opportunity, go back to our last episode, which I do believe was the AK Corner, Season 4, Episode 6. Halfway through our uh, season of the AK Corner, we talked about home builds, uh, building your own AK-47. We had uh, some experts on the show. We had Brian Keeney with Occam Defense Solutions making his return. We had, for the first time, Billy Cho joining us. And Billy was one of the original um, uh, founders or, I guess, owners of... What's that uh, Las Vegas AK company, Pete? Rifle Dynamics. Rifle Dynamics. RD, Rifle Dynamics. You know Billy Cho, don't you? Oh, yeah, very well. Yeah. I just, actually, I, when I was walking in to get ready for the podcast, I just got off the phone. Oh, okay. So, well, there yeah, you go. Yeah, I know him very well. Uh, and uh, Jim Fuller joined us for about two minutes, um, but his audio cut out on him, so 
we didn't get the pleasure of of Jim's advice on on this episode, but he's going to come back. We'll have him on a future episode. And our good buddy Drew with Century Arms uh, was on there. Always a good time when when Drew joins us. He's a uh, he's a hoot. So go back, check that episode out. I think you're going to really enjoy it. And then kind of keeping on the coattails of that episode, kind of DIY, do it yourself. Uh, I wanted to talk about reloading. And that's what we're going to be talking about this episode, reloading. And uh, to do that, you just heard a familiar voice. It is uh, Pete Pye with Defiant Munitions. Pete, welcome in. Hello. I thought Pete Thanks would be for having a, me. Oh, absolutely. I thought you'd be a great uh, addition and wealth of knowledge for this since, you know, you are an ammo manufacturer. So, and yeah. I'm, I'm sure, yeah. you know, it's kind of been in your family for years. Your your dad had the company. You were talking about this offline. It was Corbon. Yep. My, my dad started Corbon in 1982. Yeah. So, I mean, you've been doing this since, since you were born. Yeah. It's and been a while. Been, been a minute. So uh, great information yeah. that we're going to get from Pete here. Uh, and then also joining us is new to the show. We got a new guy, new guy, new guy is Brian Steer. And yep. Brian, yep. welcome in. Thank you. And Brian Pleasure is with, with Lockdown Secure, which that name is familiar for you uh, regular leadheads. We had Lockdown Secure on, uh, I guess it was almost last, I guess it was last year. Yeah. Uh, we had Ronell Franklin on and uh, she was giving us the lowdown on Lockdown Secure and um, as time passed, you know, things happen. Brian has stepped into that role now, what the role that, that Ronell had and taken over. And I got to meet Brian the other day, and we were talking, and he's like, hey, I'm into reloading. And I was like, that would make a great show. So he said, <laughs> you've been are. doing this for about 10 or 10 or 12 years, something like that? Yeah, yeah, about 10 years, yep. Yeah, yep. so Brian's got a lot of experience with this. He's got some great tips and tricks and knowledge. And uh, we're going to pick his brain on this. And, of course, as always, we've got the listener questions. If you guys saw my post on Instagram, which it didn't post on Facebook, I apologize. I don't know what the deal's going on with Instagram. I'm in some kind of Instagram jail right now where I've got limited something. I'm, I'm being heavily shadow banned. So I need your help, Leadhead. So whenever I make a post, share that post, if you would, please, uh, on your sites to, to get the message out. Um, but I appreciate everybody who posted their questions for this episode. We're going to get to those. And uh, if we don't answer it during the segment, then we'll do it uh, toward the end. And we've got some great giveaways that we're going to be doing uh, this episode, too. So we we reward those who participate. So you participate, you listen, and you win. That's how we do it on this show. Oh, yeah. like it. That's right. That's right. I think yeah. we, we give more away on this podcast than, than any podcast that's out there. Joe Rogan don't give you shit. What's Joe Rogan give you? He don't give you dick. He gets paid. You know, he gets money from all that stuff. You go buy shit, and uh, that's how he makes money. Yep. Not here. You're not You're not getting any of that from me. These discounts, like at Defiant Munitions, you get 10% off, use the code LEADHEAD. I don't get anything from that, do I, Pete? Nope. You ain't not paying. A damn thing. Not a damn thing. Well, wait. I got a nice I, hat. I, I was going to say, I sent you a hat. Yeah, I got a really nice hat. I get some. I get some ammo from from time to time. So, but it ain't about me. It's about you. You know, I I have these uh, strategic alliance with these companies that help you, the listeners, get these discounts. So go and support our sponsors. Defiant Munitions is one. Uh, you get some great ammo. We're going to be talking about ammo today with Pete. 
Mission First Tactical. Go to Mission First Tactical. Use the code LEADHEAD. You get 20% off at Mission First Tactical. Um, for all your their magazines, you know, you get the great AR magazines. You can get custom things printed on those. Um, I'm doing a special run now. They don't make U.S. Palm mags, and you can't get U.S. Palm mags at Mission First Tactical, but I've got something special coming uh, from Mission First and U.S. Palm, a little collaboration that we're working on. Um, nice. And it'll be a very limited run, but that's a secret. Awesome. That's a secret. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> but yeah. you can get your AR mags. You can get your AR accessories. You can get uh, your dump trays, you know, the awesome dump trays that we do. Uh, we give tons of them away on the AK corner. I use them for armor's trays. These would be great, great probably for reloading stuff. You're reloading, putting your casings and, and stuff in there. If you're a reloader, these would be good little trays for that also. Uh, but you can get custom things printed on those also. Uh, you send them a logo or a graphic or something, and they can put it on there. If you want our logoed stuff, just ask them when you're checking out. They've got all of our logos. Don't necessarily have them up on their website right now, but just ask them. And uh, you can get uh, get our logo stuff if you'd like that too. But that's how you uh, you help me out and is go and and support them and buy stuff. Like I said, I don't get anything from from when you buy something. You get a discount, so it works out great. Seal one, you know, you want to clean your firearms. Have we sent you the seal one stuff yet, Pete? Have you gotten seal one? I haven't tried it yet. No. Still, still have. Okay, just remind me and I'll make sure we get you some. Uh, we'll Will send do. you some too, uh, Brian. Fair enough. Uh, but this stuff is great for corrosion prevention, uh, cleaning, lubricating your firearms. It is a dry lube, so you, you put it on, you wipe it off. Seal one and done is their logo. Uh, you can use this on wood. You can use it on marine items. You can use it on your bicycle chain. Uh, it's multi-purpose, multi-use. It's safe, engineered, green engineered, so it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt the environment. Seal1.com Leadhead, you get 25% off at Seal1. Uh, so go go support our sponsors, Keltec. Use the code Leadhead, you get 15% off at Keltec. Now, you don't nice. get anything off their firearms, but you go to the pro shop and any of their accessories, they've got flashlights, they've got shirts, hats, they've got uh, like accessories for some of, some of their firearms. You can go and you can, you know, I think the accessories, it works on that stuff. I had some over here. I can't find it right now. I got a junky desk. Here's one of their flashlights. That's weird. Got a nice, cool little trigger activation. Pretty, pretty bright stuff. Um, but they're cool. You can get all kinds of different colors in those. Uh, Keltec, go to KeltecWeapons.com, Leadhead, and you get 15% off at uh, Keltec. Uh, lots of other codes we've got. But uh, I want to get we'll get started with our show. First off, I want to start with our jack wagon train. So, Gunny, bring the jack wagon train in. If we got any jack wagons to take care of, we'll uh, we'll do that now. Hey, Ralph, Semper Fi, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week. So, brace yourself, baby. All right, so the train has stationed. <laughs> and uh, I don't necessarily have any right off that I can think of as far as jack wagons, just all this, uh, the mass shootings, you know, this, this is the, you know, elections and all that, you know, it just seems perfect timing for all this stuff to start surfacing and the media to start covering all this. And, you know, what they're considering mass shootings. Now they're considering gang violence, 
mass shootings. They've lumped that into mass shootings, mass murders, which it shouldn't be. It should be separated out uh, from that. Yeah. But it gets their stats up, you know, gets their numbers up, gets their agenda going. And, um, you know, just all that right now is just kind of, kind of my jack wagon. I'm really sick of it, and I'm sick of the reasons why they're covering it and the this the disproportionate coverage of it again the gang violence they won't cover any of that versus you know if there's a school shooting or something like that uh, and then they also don't cover heroes good guys that have prevented a a p- potential mass shooting you never hear that um, nope. there's been several of those that have happened just google it and you'll see in the news that there have been several good guys with guns that have stopped uh, a, a mass shooter, a potential mass shooter. So um, I'm not going to get into all the politics, and all that. You, you can go to other shows. We hear it enough in the news now. I'm just I'm saturated with it. Um, but that's kind of my jack wagon. You guys got any jack wagons? Mm. No. Yeah, man. I don't know. I try to stay away from it as much as I can. You slow key, keep keep the stress yeah, down. I understand. Yeah, yeah. I definitely understand. Um, I think I've got a couple of listener ones, but I can't find them right off. Again, if you want to nominate a jack wagon, the best way for me to see it is email it to me. Don't don't send it to me through social media, through the messaging or anything like that, because I, I don't pay attention to that very much at all. Email me talkinglate at gmail dot com. Put in the the topic whether it's a jack wagon or a leadhead brigade hero whatever it may be uh and then we will read those on the air for you but um don't send it to me through the uh, the messaging i think a couple of you have done that and that's why i'm not been able to find them here lately uh what about heroes you got anybody that you'd like to um spotlight is doing something good in our community or our world anybody come to mind uh actually i got an email from becky ackley this morning uh she's a, a pretty big female competition shooter and okay. uh, she got nominated to shoot the uh ipsic pistol world championship in uh, thailand so i think she's only one of two women that have ever uh been given that so that's pretty cool that is awesome what's her name it's again kind of from the competition world which is what i'm pretty focused in that's that's huge so what's her name becky ackley becky ackley okay Yackley. yeah with a y Congratulations, Becky. Yeah, pretty cool. Are you going to that? (laughs) I wish, man. That'd be awesome. (laughs) Uh, uh, Maybe I can get uh, the company to pay for me to get. (laughs) No, but uh, I'd love to just go and and watch. But it's a a world championship, so it's all the the best shooters in the world that that go. And she's representing uh, Team USA there at the World Shoot. So awesome. Huge accomplishment. Well, if you yeah. if you know her, we'd love to have her on the show. Maybe get her on the yeah. show. Talk talk yeah. about it after she wins that that Taiwanese right. thing exactly. there. Yeah, that'd be the cool. USA. <laughs> what about you, Pete? You got any heroes? Uh, nothing I can think of. Nobody coming up come to mind right right off the bat. Uh, you know, we just came off Father's Day. It was a big Father's Day weekend. Did you guys have a good Father's Day? Yeah, man, it's good. Yeah, what? So. Yeah. We went shooting. That's nice. perfect way to celebrate Father's Day. <laughs> yeah, me, me, the kids, my brother, and my dad all went shooting. So nice. That's, I, mean, I love that. Yeah, very good. What about what about you, Brian? What'd you do to celebrate Father's Day? 
Uh, I have a almost five year old and a one and a half year old, so they're a little young to start shooting. But uh, as soon as they're ready, I already got guns bought for them and everything. Nice. Um, yeah, man, we just hung out at the house, had some family time, did some barbecuing and stuff. So that's perfect. Yeah, that's that's America right there. That's that's, that's our right. freedoms. Yeah. Yep. It's the, thanks to our Constitution and our military men and women and uh, just, you know, good, cold-blooded, hot-blooded, what do you call it, red-blooded Americans that, that make that possible. Yep. Get out there and enjoy it. So I've got yeah. one here, and I started this a couple of episodes back. I've, I was getting these emails from a company called the Infidel CO, and they have like a combat news and hero stories that they i don't know if it's weekly or what but uh, i thought it was a pretty good source of information so this one is our our dunlap led his company through a hail of artillery mortar rifle and machine gun fire robert hugo dunlap was born in abington illinois on october 19 1920 he graduated from monmouth college in may 1942 with a degree in economics and business he enlisted in the Marine Corps Reserve on March 5, 1942. While still a student at Monmouth, he was called, and I may be saying it's M-O-N-M-O-U-T-H. I don't know. Sounds like an Ivy League one to me. but uh, He was called to active duty in May 1942 and transferred to the officer cadets class at Quantico, Virginia. He underwent parachute training and was assigned to the 3rd Parachute Battalion. On February 22nd, my birthday's the 24th, 1945. Uh, while leading his squad through heavy small arms artillery fire and an assault on a strongly defended enemy position, Sergeant Allen and his men became isolated in front of his platoon, which received heavy casualties, including the platoon leader. Advancing to First Lieutenant in April 1943, he took part in the invasions of Vela La Vela and Bougainville in the Solomon Islands. He returned to the United States in March 1944 to join the 5th Marine Division. On October 2nd, 1944, he was promoted to captain and became commanding officer, Company C, 1st Battalion, 26 Marines. The day after the Iwo Jima landing, Dunlap led his company through a hell of artillery, mortar, rifle, and machine gun fire uphill toward a series of steep cliffs and enemy-held caves. When finally the volume of enemy fire became too intense to advance, Captain Dunlap held up his company, crawled alone approximately 200 yards forward of his front line while his men watched in fear and admiration. From the position at the base of the cliff, about 50 yards from the Japanese lines, Dunlap spotted the enemy gun positions and returned to his own lines to relay the vital information. He worked without rest for two days and two nights under constant enemy fire, skillfully directing attacks against the almost impregnable enemy positions. On February 26, Dunlap was shot in the left hip and evacuated from Iwo Jima. The Medal of Honor was awarded by President Harry S. Truman to Captain Dunlap in ceremonies at the White House. He retired with the rank of Major on December 1, 1946. Major Dunlap passed away on March 24, 2000, and was laid to rest in Warren County Memorial Park in Monmouth, Illinois. So there you go. There's there's the Lead Head Brigade Hero of the Week, Robert Hugo Dunlap. 
Very cool story. I got a picture of him right here. Let me share my screen. For our video viewers, so if you're listening via the podcast, we also post this on YouTube with a video version. I try to get it up uh, as close to the release date of the podcast, but the audio comes out first and then the video. There is a... Is it Major Dunlap? Captain. Captain. Yeah. yeah, Captain. Highest rank major. There he is. Good looking young man right there. Yep, looks like a badass to me. That's uh, part of the greatest generation ever there. Yep. Generation probably never to be seen again, unfortunately. All right. So unless you guys have any more heroes... We'll wrap that up, and let's talk reloading. <laughs> All right. Hey, Leadheads. White Settle with Seal One. Just here to talk to you and tell you a little bit about our product. Seal One CLP Plus is a bio-based, non-toxic product. It comes in a paste, liquid, aerosol, and pre-saturated bore-specific patches called Seal Skins. They all do the same thing, just different methods of application. The best way to use our product is to start with a clean firearm. And there's two reasons why I say that. First, you start with the Seal 1 CLP Plus by field stripping your firearm and covering the entire firearm inside and out, bore, barrel, everything with the Seal 1 CLP Plus. You'll see how easy it spreads around. You'll want to wait about 15 to 20 minutes. Then you come back and you want to wipe it all off. So you see how easy it is to put on and remove. And the second reason we say to use a clean firearm is you'll find that it's not clean. We're gonna pull out more carbon that's been left behind with whatever product you've been using before. Okay, it takes about three cleanings. So I like to say a clean shoot, clean shoot, clean shoot, just normal usage before the Seal One CLP Plus has removed whatever product that you were using before and has seasoned the firearm. It's kind of like breaking in a cast iron skillet. And after that first cleaning, you will notice a difference. And with each successive cleaning, you will find that it gets easier and easier to clean. Seal One CLP Plus is a dry lubricant and is designed to work as such. You will find that malfunctions are virtually eliminated when used properly because the majority of all malfunctions are caused to carbon buildup. And with the Seal One CLP Plus, the carbon does not build up. Seal One CLP Plus is safe on all metals, plastics, composites, polymers, rubber, wood, and leather. Seal One CLP Plus is a one and done formulation. No other products are required or needed to clean and lubricate and protect your firearm. That's why we say Seal One and Done. Seal One is a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. Use the code LEADHEAD for a 25% off discount. Let's get into some reloading talk here. So, uh, again, the reason I want to do this is I have interest. I usually do shows when I have interest in something, and you leadheads get to join in my journey of knowledge. And I'm not into reloading yet, and uh, it's just it's it's one of those things where the pros and cons, and and you know, is it something I want to get involved with because there's a lot of equipment involved, and you know, there's time, and is it. Is it more cost-effective for me to just buy the ammo? Uh, so I guess these are things that maybe we need to start off answering these kind of questions first is why would I get into reloading? What what yeah. what purpose is it going to solve or 
or dilemma that is it going to solve in my life or maybe someone else's life? So what what are the reasons why somebody might get into re- reloading? Uh, for me, I bought my first pistol in uh, 2011, and I was, what, 25 times, something like that. And I had guns before that, but that was the first pistol I ever bought. And then uh, six months later, I decided to get into competition shooting. <laughs> um, and so about a month after that, I think, is when I started reloading. Um, so it became, it was kind of a necessity for me. So I was shooting, this is before I had kids. So, you know, I was shooting about ten to 15,000 rounds a month. Wow. Um, That's a lot. And um, so in order to do that, or sorry, uh, sorry, ten to fifteen thousand rounds a year, a thousand rounds a month. Sorry, okay. I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, just, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm sitting there. Putting it's like, like, ah. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't gonna uh, question you. Is <laughs> yeah, right. And so, uh, in order to do that, you know, I had to start had to start reloading. So, um, it was a big cost factor. You know, um, that was a big reason. Another reason was. Uh, Factory ammo is normally loaded pretty hot um, for a competition shooter. We want the lowest recoil possible. So, uh, you know, you can basically set up your your load to work with your gun and to, you know, make sure it functions really well and it's accurate, um, but you're not using any more uh, powder than you have to, right? So it gives you as little recoil as possible for your setup. So uh, that, was, that was a big reason for me to do it too. It was so. this pistol ammo that you're reloading at this point yeah yeah it was just nine millimeter nine yeah millimeter. so yeah mostly a pistol reloader um and i sh- i shoot three gun too <clears throat> a little bit but uh, not as much anymore with the kids but um you know most of what i do is is pistol reloading so gotcha. yeah so for you is more the um maybe a cost factor because you were yeah. shooting so much and yeah uh initially uh, it may be cheaper, but then in the long run, it's going to be cheaper for you to reuse that brass. And Right. Yeah. So, you know, at the time, I think I was le- reloading for like uh, eight or nine cents around. Um, and factory ammo was about 30 cents around. So it was a pretty good savings. Um, you know, I, I paid off all the equipment within that first year just because I was shooting so much. Yeah. Um, right. And then, you know, from then on, I've been using the same press for 10 years, you know. So uh, from then on, it was just kind of money saved. Um, and yeah. a lot of people will say that you don't really save money reloading. And I, my comeback to that is usually it's a choice. You know, like it is cheaper, but most people just tend to spend that money on more gun stuff. You know, It's cheaper <laughs> in, in the long run. Like you said, you've been doing it for 10 years, yeah. but initially it's not. You know, you're right. going to get yeah. hit with, yeah. you know, all that equipment. Up uh, cost at up front first, but yeah. then over time, you know, it's going to eventually end up being cheaper. Now, right. another yeah. reason why I think people would do it would be just what we're experiencing right now with s- supply and demand, you know, b- and, and taxes and uncertainty of the gun laws and restrictions and banning ammo ex- importation exportation now that kind of stuff that's going on is just uncertainty on the supply that we're going to have that you can just run to to your local gun store and get the ammo um, yep. i mean and i know for I've, and I've talked to reloaders too 
and they've had a lot. And you know, Brian or Pete, you're one. You're one too. Getting components right now is just you know really hard to do. Yeah, um, yeah, it's very hard. Um, yeah, we're we're actually um, I haven't announced it yet, um, but we're I'm getting ready to start a new division in Defiant Munitions um, called Defiant Munitions Skunk Works, where we're going to offer um, some more stuff like that. Um, so if you know I customers that are sitting on bunches of brass or primers or or bullets or stuff, we will, uh, you know, be able to do it in skunk works. Okay. So they can send you those components and maybe help cut their cost kind of deal. Yeah. And you'll yeah, load say it for they them. have, you know, say they have several thousand primers and they want some two, two, three loaded up. Um, they can send me those primers and I'll supply the rest of the components or if they have, you know, a That's bunch awesome. of two, two, three brass that they want loaded up, we'll, we'll do it in skunk works. So. That's cool, man. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's a great just, idea. Um, yeah, and actually the weird thing was is I was doing it anyways, so there's people calling me just saying, Hey, listen, we bought all these all these components to reload and we just don't have time to do it. Can you do it if we send it to you? And you know, obviously depending on what, what it is, um, you know, I do it. So now we finally have something up on the website. You can go to DM Skunk Works and uh and you know fill out a form that gets submitted to me i review and, and stuff like that but but yeah and i mean you know to go further on your your you know what you were saying mm -hmm. um you know being able to you know to reload like that is you know to customize your loads like what brian was saying you know be able to dial your loads in for exactly you know the felt recoil the velocity the performance that you're wanting so that's a big thing you know you can you can really really get down on it well, that's it. You know, for for serious shooters, that would be another reason is, is you know, you dial into your, uh, you know, there's barrel harmonics, you know, with rifles. Uh, so different loads and everything, every barrel, every, you know, they've got a little different harmonics to them. And, and finding that in your rifle is going to get you, you know, even more precision. So that would be a reason why some, some people would reload. Like, you know, Brian was saying that, you know, the different mixture in the powders and the recoil and you know, exactly that, that type stuff so different hunting different competition uh so you can get it exactly tuned for you tuned for your for your firearm that way so yeah um, maybe exactly. not necessarily a cheaper way you know it's not always about money for people right you know and and that maybe it's a factor for you maybe it's not but it's another reason why people would tip would potentially do that you know get into yeah. it just like the ak parts you know, building your own AK parts kits have gone yep. extremely way up. And then all the tools and everything that you have to do that. Um, you know, if you're just building one parts kit, it's probably not worth it for you to buy all that. But again, what's worth it to you? Is, is it the fun? Is it the enjoyment? Is it the satisfaction of, Hey, I did this myself kind of thing. You know, yeah. for some people it is, um, you know, but yeah. you know, some people it, it is about hobby, the money. You know. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to, you know, go out to your reloading bench or, you know, your room and to get away from everything and just kind of decompress and do some, you know, some, some loading, uh, is definitely a thing. So, yeah. 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 It's got a therapeutic kind of, uh, um, attribute to it, I guess. Yeah. 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 I usually listen to music pretty much anytime I'm doing anything, but when I'm reloading, I. It's just like I don't have anything in the background. I don't have any music. I don't have anything going on. It's just me 
kind of focusing on the machine and like what Pete said, you know, it's definitely therapeutic yeah. um, to just kind of sit there and, and, you know, make your own ammo. It's, you know, especially, you know, if you got kids uh, and everything's real hectic and you're always running around and doing stuff, you know, to just like kind of sit in one space and not look at your phone or, you know, have any other outside stuff going on. Like when I shut the vault door in my reloading room, like, you know, I'm in there and that's what I'm doing. So, uh, it's you know, me time, my time, me. Yeah, it's your own sure. personal private time. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, th- and there's that aspect of it, uh, too, but more to what I was getting along, you know, is self-reliance again, being self-reliant kind of like, you know, the prepper mentality, I guess, uh, is when, you know, the shit does hit the fan and, you know, there's no more supply of ammo, you know, you have the ability to make your own and, um, you know, be self-reliant. So, you know, there's, there's that, that aspect of it is what, you know, why some people probably would get into it as well. Um, but there's some of those crazy rounds too, that it's hard to find ammo for, you know, some of those crazy loads, uh, um, Pete, you could probably name several right off the bat, but you know, people like yeah. to, to get that ammo, you know, they're going to have to reload it themselves. And that could be another reason yeah. why somebody gets into reloading. Yeah. A lot of the historic guns, you know, you just can't find, you know, ammo that's in those calibers or a lot of times, um, the ammo that is made nowadays is made for much higher pressure than what an older gun can, can handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Some of those that. big game hunting rifles. Yeah. yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. That kind of stuff. So, so I just got back from a prairie dog hunting trip in Wyoming. Oh yeah. I remember you telling me about that. How'd that yeah, go? So we, uh, we have access to over half a million acres out there on a ranch, uh, Key Creek ranch. Wow. And uh, we do it every year. We've been doing it for, I don't know, 15 years or something. But, you know, I load a very specific load specifically for that trip. Um, it's a 50 grain VMAX. It's a polymer tip bullet. And, you know, pushing over 3,000 feet per second out of a 223 uh, that I built specifically for Prairie Dog. So it's it's literally a load that I load for one trip of the year that I take. You know what I mean? So, and then obviously I've got, competitive ammo that I shoot and just range blaster ammo that I shoot. So, you know, it's not always like you said about the money. Sometimes you have specific jobs for, for each yeah. thing that, that you're reloading. So, so tell me about the prairie dog hunt. I want to hear, I want to hear about this. <laughs> yeah, I've always so, wanted to go. I've never uh, been on a prairie dog hunt. Yeah. We're out there for a week. Uh, it's in Wyoming and, um, basically we just, we drive all the way out there cause we want to have uh, four wheel drive trucks and stuff while we're out on the prairie. And um, last year we had 26 people. We took the whole engineering department basically. Oh, nice. And uh, it was it was awesome, but it was a little bit too much. Just you know, there are 13 trucks all driving down the highway together, and you know, it, it just got. Crazy. No, that's awesome. So, I mean, people yeah, see yeah. that so coming down the road to get out of uh, your way. <laughs> yeah. So this year we toned it way down, and I think we had eight of us and um, people that you know really wanted to go on the trip, and it was me and one other guy. And then uh, who had been on the trip a bunch of times and then everybody else is new. So, um, you know, we, we just kind of go on the trip and then for three days we shoot and then we drive So how home. do you hunt prairie dog? Like I said, I've never been on a prairie dog hunt. So walk me through this. So calling it hunting, I always say is kind of a, <laughs> <laughs> it's not really hunting. Like you got to drive around and you got to look for the mounds. Uh, but I like to call it uh target shooting with 
moving and reactive targets. Whack-a-mole so, with a gun? Yeah, whack-a-mole. That's a good way yeah. to put it. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's why I use that specific load. Um, it it just does some crazy things to prairie dogs. If they weren't such disgusting creatures that, you know, carry the plague and uh, monkey pox and, uh, <laughs> you know, destroy the land and, and break horses' legs and stuff, I might feel a little bit bad about you know, killing 500 of them while I'm out there. But, um, so how many did y'all get? So we bring a thousand rounds of ammo for three days. Um, and so usually my kill percentage is anywhere from 30 to 50%. Thousand rounds each? Yeah, yeah. A thousand rounds for each person. Yep. So, how big is a prairie dog? You know, is to, uh, reload your own ammo. So we had four people on the trip that had never reloaded before. And uh, so taught them, you know, how to reload. And, you know, luckily Frankfurt Arsenal is one of our one of our brands. And so we, you know, had we all got to load on the new X10 and uh, got a bunch of uh, testing in on that. And then, you know, taught a bunch of people. And so I'm a NRA certified reloading instructor and uh, some other instructor licenses and stuff that I had too. But so we were able to kind of teach everybody how to do it. And it was a lot well, of that's fun. important to know for this show, for our listeners. You're yeah, NRA yeah, yeah. certified. I, I know official. NRA certified people to reload. <laughs> yeah. I've got my certificate around here somewhere. I don't know. But, well, that's yeah. cool. So uh, basically you just drive around, you know, use binos, try to find them. And then we'll shoot them anywhere from five yards. I think the longest confirmed kill that I had this year is like 450 yards. Um, so a little three inch, you know, it's all a little three inch target at 450 yards with a 20 mile an hour wind. Well, how, yeah. How big is a typical groundhog? They're, I'd say they're like 18 inches by like three or four inches wide. Some of them can get pretty yeah. big, you know, but yeah. that's kind of typical. Um, you know, are they just popping in and out of these holes or are they running around? Both. Yeah. So, um, you know, they'll, they'll kind of sit there on the round and you so you'll maybe get half of them or they'll pop up or they'll just kind of sit there. And if what's funny is, uh, you know, if there's, if they're sitting up like this, you know, on their head and the little mounds down here, you would think that, you know, you kind of like shoot them in the chest or whatever, but the most fun, I swear they have like this little piece of tannerite that's down in their stomach. And if you shoot them in the perfect spot, they'll do backflips and so flying up in the air. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, uh, it's had- also, uh, really, it's a really cool way to become a better shooter. Like I said, I was sure. uh, mostly a pistol shooter, and More so accurate. my first year out there, like being able to read uh, the mirage through the scope and try to try to figure out which way the wind is blowing based on the mirage. And then, you know, we only have 250 yards at our range, and so you don't have to worry about elevation or wind or anything. Um, but out there, you know, you might have a 20 mile per hour wind going this way and a 10 mile an hour wind yeah. going this way and it gets all it gets all crazy temperature and all that comes into play right, definitely yeah. so you know it, it makes you become a much better shooter now does so, anybody use a 22 not really no the 22 is just not very much fun so a lot of people use like uh 204 mm-hmm. which is a really good round you really want the velocity so 22 250 204 223 um you know some of those you can get up into the 3,000 feet per second range is usually what people use yeah so cool but I'll yeah, have man. to, I'll have to go on one of those sometime. If you haven't done it, you need to do it. It's it's a blast. So, me, Pete, me, you, and Brian Keeney need to go. Let's do it. I could probably find somewhere here in South Dakota to do it. We at Defiant Munitions, we actually offer a uh, similar bullet to what Brian was describing. It's a fifty-five grain Blitz King um, yeah. polymer tip. You know, thirty-one fifty feet feet per second. It's screaming. Yeah. 
uh, it's the perfect prairie dog load. Um, but 204 Ruger, which we don't offer right now, but um, but that's a very popular one. Um, yep. You know, and like Brian, I mean, there are people that use 17 HMR and you mm-hmm. know the rim fires, but typically there's wind issues out there, like Brian was saying, mm-hmm. and they don't, you know, the the rim fires don't fare very well with the wind. But yeah, they get pushed around a lot. Yep. So. Gotcha. Now, do they, do they spook easy? Because you said you're shooting no, some from five feet away so up to. They, they have to be the dumbest creatures in existence. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're getting five feet away from them. <laughs> but, and they're they're cannibalistic too. So they'll be two right next to each other. You'll shoot one. It'll like blow all the guts over onto this one. He's like just sitting there <laughs> eating the guts off of his chest. And he, he looks over and his buddy's splitting too, but he doesn't, you know, think to like run away. He's just like, oh, it's like buffet. Well, gym over there. You know, they're just. <laughs> Who opened so the buffet? Dumb. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are. Oh. Yeah, I've seen them eat each other before too. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, so we'll we'll shoot two hundred of them in one spot, and you'll go back to that same spot the next day, and they're all gone. Clean. So up. you know the eagles will come down and get them, and they'll pull each other back down back into the hole, and yeah. but it's just like a fresh start every morning. It's really weird. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Coyotes come in. Coyotes, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah we want to. I want to do that sometime. Oh. It's fun time, man. You got to do it for sure. Hell yeah. So we we kind of talked reasons. Um, so you decided you want to do this now. So I want to do this now. What what do I need? What do I need to get started in into reloading? I know there's going to be a bunch of tools, and you know I got to get all these materials. I got to stock up on primers and casings and uh, bullets and and powder. Yeah. We got to have powder. Yeah. You know. What I usually recommend for people, you know, for brass is like they're already out there shooting, you know. So instead of leaving your brass on the ground, just start picking it up, you know, and just whatever caliber you're shooting, instead of leaving it out there or letting some some old guy, you know, who sneaks up behind you steal all your brass, you know, instead of letting him do it, you know, just just start collecting your brass. And that's kind of what I did. And before I got started, I already had, you know, plenty of brass to to get started with. But definitely don't buy don't go out there and buy brass unless you need, you know, like Lapua brass for, you know, some crazy caliber or something. But, yeah. you know, I, I try to avoid buying brass as much as possible. It's a lot more fun to shoot it and reuse it. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly what he said. I mean, like when we go to the range, we, we, we use an outdoor range here that's local to us. And it was funny because before all this pandemic stuff started, you could go there any given day and there's tons of brass. Everybody now it's spotless. There is not, you can't find a single piece of brass um, because there's so many more people reloading and picking this up. So, yeah. yeah, same here. You know, we, uh, we've got a really nice outdoor facility that a lot of the law enforcement agencies use. And so if I see that, you know, the SWAT teams out there training or I see the FBI out there, or the sheriff's department or our local police department, anytime those guys are out there, they leave brass all over the place. And so, you know, I'll keep an eye. We have a calendar of events out at the range and I'll go on there and I'll keep an eye on the calendar. It's like, oh, OK, I see the FBI shooting. I know they shoot nine millimeter. Uh, the SWAT team's going to be out there. They're shooting uh, their sniper team shooting 308. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's how I get a lot of my brass is that way. So I know some rages yeah. don't want you to do that because they, yeah. they police their own brass and right. resell it themselves. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, our range, you know, it's a private club. And so we, you know, we pay to have our membership there, but they actually like it because it keeps the range clean, you know, kind of like what Pete was saying. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it's really going to depend on, on where you shoot. If, you know, you're at an indoor range or something, a lot of those guys will, will pick it up and resell it, you know, at their shop. And yeah. so, uh, you know, you just kind of got to ask. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess maybe another question would be pistol and rifle. Is it two different um, procedures when you're reloading? It's the same general concept is the same, but uh, rifle is just more complicated. So okay. there's a lot, there's less steps to reload pistol. So, but you but you do the both. Same general concept. You so. do both nowadays, right? You do yeah, pistol yeah. and rifle. Okay. Yeah. I mostly reload pistol. Um, but yeah, like I said, I just loaded a thousand rounds for the, for the prairie dog trip. So. Gotcha. So, so the components, you know, the, the casing, we kind of talked about the casings where, you know, you know, police your own brass, get where you can get that, but you can also buy it. There's places where you can buy it and um, you can buy yeah. new or you can buy reman. Yeah. There's a lot of like one fired brass out there that, you know, those indoor ranges and stuff are shooting and then reselling. So, uh, yeah, for me, I, I'm lucky to have a range, you know, 15 minutes from my house. So I just go pick up brass anytime I'm running low, but, uh, for people that, that can't do that, or they have to drive a long way to get to it, you know, buying once fired brass is, is not a problem at all, especially for a pistol, but even for most rifle calibers, it's not a big deal. But then you got to get bullets, you got to get powder, you got to get primers. What, yeah. uh, what are your suggestions on those, those components? So primers is the only one that's really tough because you can use pretty much any bullet you can find, you know what I mean? There's a hundred different weights and, you know, tons of different powders and all that. And you can, you, you can pretty much make anything work, you know, if you, if you can find the right recipe, but primers, you know, you're kind of out of luck. Like you can't, you can't make your own. You can't, you know, use a bunch of different ones. So, uh, really there's just like Winchester CCI, um, and then, uh, Remington, you know, are, are the main ones. And is a primer, uh, is are there different types of primers? Is yeah, just so one primer does sizes. all bullets? So, yeah. So, you know, the primer is just, is just that. And so I, I have one that's, that is kind of knocked out. So, um, you know, you're basically just popping out the old one and, uh, putting a new one in. And so there are different sizes There's small pistol, small rifle, uh, small rifle, uh, large rifle. So there's small and large of both pistol and rifle basically. Okay. So, and then and that's all you got to worry about when it comes to primers is small, large pistol or rifle. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. You can get into the weeds on it if you want. Well, to. yeah, I was going to say how. I, I actually know quite a bit of pro- about primers, um, and it's like how how deep do you want to you want to go three <laughs> want to go three hours on it or yeah no yeah. I don't want to go three hours but I you know I just for, for you know like me you know when I'm getting into something and somebody goes oh we'll go get some primers and then I go look for primers and then there's five billion different kinds like well which fucking primer do I need for right. for my two two three which primer do I need for my three oh eight which do I need a different you know is this yeah. primer better than this primer? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, like Brian was saying, um, you know, there's federal and all those. Well, then you got like CCI and federal that actually make their match primers, like their bench rest primers or the federal gold medal match primers. And, 
it's kind of funny because the only difference between like this is, and I can speak for the ones at federal, the difference between like a federal regular factory primer and a federal gold medal match primer is literally the technician that's making them that day. So they, the, the gold medal match primers are made by just a seasoned vet there that knows what they're doing. But there's also like CCI primers, the cup, which is the, which is the actual main body of the primer that's called the primer cup. So each, each manufacturer's uh, hardness on those are slightly different. Like federal's noted to have the softest cup, you know, cups on their primer. Um, so you can get like a lot of people that run like real heavy into, you know, pistol competition. Um, they have their actions on their guns, you know, lightning stuff. So they, so it's easier for them to get light strikes. So if you're running a heavy primer cup, like a CCI or something like that, the federals tend to be softer. So it'll detonate more consistently and stuff. Yep. So, have you, have you experimented with that, Brian? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I know a lot of the, so I shoot a 2011, a, it's a custom double stack 1911 for competition and it's hammer fired. So it's got a little bit more weight behind it. I know a lot of the striker fire guys, you know, they put as light of a uh, striker spring in there as they can and they can get some light strikes and stuff. And so, yeah, yeah like you yeah. said, you know, Federal's definitely the, I think a lot of the revolver guys actually, because they use a lot of those guys will uh, shave the hammer off, you know, and yep. so it's yep. basically just a thin piece of metal that's, that's striking the firing pin. And so exactly. they use those real soft ones too. But yeah, so this, it's kind of a good thing to point out though, is like, if you want to just like make a real simple load, you know, you can do that. If you want to get like way deep down into the rabbit hole and you can do that too. So, you know, it yeah. just kind of depends on what you want to get out of it, you know? Yeah. So, so the, the primer has parts. A primer is constructed of a brass cup filled with uh, a combustible combat compound called lead. Was it stifnate? Mm -hmm. Did I say that? Lead stifnate? Explodes on impact. Lead stifnate starts as a liquid in the manufacturing process. The compound is poured into the brass cup and then a triangular piece of metal, also referred to as the anvil, is set in. Correct. This happens while the compound is still in a liquid state. Uh, primers are yep. made in four different types and two different sizes, which Brian was saying. The sizes are small and large. Uh, these are rifle and pistol primers. For an example, sizes two two three Remington uses a small primer, and a three hundred eight Winchester uses a large primer. Okay. Right. Well, you also have Magnum primers in that in the midst of all that as well, too. Oh, okay. Yes, standard and Magnum. Yeah. Okay. So that's a that's a third category of primer. Yes, in both large and and small. Okay. So although pistol primers and rifle primers share common diameters, they are not the same. What makes the primers difference is the components they are created from. Rifle primers regularly obtain a hotter flash and a tougher cup. Be sure to use the correct primers along with the correct ammunition for a rifle and pistol. Never switch them up. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's right. important. That's important information right there. Yeah. Yeah. Primers, primers is a big deal. I mean, primer selection is huge. Um, you know, here's like the biggest thing with all this pandemic and stuff that we've seen with Defiant, we have production ammo at Defiant 
is that, you know, essentially all American-made primers totally dried up. So then people started going overseas and getting stuff from Russia and Bosnia and stuff like that. And we um, we refused to load anything but American-made primers into our premium ammunition lines um, because primer quality goes down and, and stuff. So I, I think when you're getting into reloading, I think it's important to to choose a good quality primer. Because that's the heart of it. I mean, like, it starts right there. So if you're buying junk, you know, overseas primers, um, you know, you could have the rest of the rest of your loading, you know, could be perfect. But primers have got to be good for good, consistent ignition and, and burning. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I would say, you know, pretty much any of the brands you know, you can buy, I would just stay away from like Pete was saying, like the wolf and the Tula stuff. I know I bought, I went to a gun show and I bought like pretty much everything I needed to get started reloading. And the only thing that they had there was wolf primers. I think I loaded 10 of them and only five of them worked. So I think I still have that box and it was like 10 years ago. (laughs) So uh, I would, you know, any of the other brands are good to go, but I'd stay away from, from those two or any of the kind of burden prime type stuff too. So yeah, exactly. That's yeah. It, um, yeah, they just have different, you know, uh, manufacturing processes and they're not as stringent as, you know, the ones in the U S so, um, there are some good overseas, you know, primers out there. Um, but they still, even the best overseas primers out there are still not even close to the quality of American made. So let's get in Let's talk about the, um, the powder now. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think that would be a, a, another crucial element. Um, yeah. Talk about the powder. Uh, what am I looking for in powder? So for what's nice about powder is like I was saying before, like if, you know, during kind of this uh, low, low quantity time and, you know, you go and, and you're looking for powder and say, okay, I want Winchester 231. It's like, okay, well, everybody's out of stock. Okay. Well, I know that HP 38 is the same, you know, maybe I'll search for HP 38. Okay. It's all out of stock. Okay. So, but luckily with power, you, you have a lot more flexibility. So you can uh, go online and, uh, you know, that Hodgson website that we were talking about earlier, it's like you can kind of search for all these different uh, loads that you can work with different powders. Um, obviously, there are ones that I always recommend for newer, uh, for newer reloaders, uh, like Winchester 231 is a really great kind of overall uh, pistol powder. You can use it for 9, 40, 45. Um, I shoot mostly tight group uh, just because it's a really great uh, load. It's a really great powder for competitive shooting. Um, and it it's, works really well for all sorts of different uh, calibers as well. Um, CFE pistol is good. So there's, there's a few good ones out there that I recommend, but what's nice about powder is really you can just kind of use a lot of what's available out there and just try to find a recipe for it online and just kind of go from there. Um, you know, with any powder, you start off with the starting load and then kind of work your way up. And Well, and that we'll get into that as far as, you know, when we get into yeah. making them up. But right now, I just yeah. want to talk the components. That's about powder, though. It's, it's really, you know, it's pretty open. You know, you can, you can choose pretty much any brand or whatever you want that you can find a recipe for. Okay. So, Is it the same powder for... You know, for a pistol, a, nine millimeter versus a three fifty seven versus a, a fifty 
cal bullet? Is it same powder? Yeah. When you get to the top and the bottom of the ranges, you know, yeah. you start getting more specific powders that are made specifically for like the Magnum cartridges and stuff. But in general, you know, if you're loading 9, 40, 45, uh, they can all pretty much use the same powder. And can so. can that go in a rifle? No. So there are pistol powders and rifle powders okay. and shotgun powders that okay. are different. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, you know, again, uh, Brian said it really well. I mean, but yeah, you can really go down the rabbit hole because each powder manufacturer out there makes, you know, they all make comparable burn rate powders. So, you know, if, if you're really unsure on what, if you're just getting into reloading and you're really unsure about what to start using, you know, maybe start doing some research, um, say you're, you know, loading nine millimeter you know, kind of do start doing some research to see what powder burn rates work best with what bullet selection that you're going with. And then you'll have, I mean, a huge list of powders that'll work, you know, in different brands. And in what Brian said is the cool thing is, is if you can't find one, there's a hundred other ones that you could find, you know, hopefully that are in the same burn rate. So, and then bullets, I guess that brings us to a bullet. What am I looking for in a bullet? I guess that's going to definitely be caliber specific and it is. Yeah. Different grains, um, different weights. Yeah. So for me, I, uh, I've been loading with, uh, berries bullets for, I don't know, forever. It seems like, like seven or eight years probably now. Um, they're a plated lead bullet. Um, so they're on the cheaper side. Um, so I think, you know, on like Midway's website or anywhere from eight to 11 or 12 cents around now, um, which is pretty reasonable. Um, I mean, you can spend up to 20, 25 cents around on pistol if you want to, if you want, like, uh, I usually load a really hot, uh, nine millimeter load for the prairie dog trip, uh, that I'll just keep in my pistol. And, uh, it's a spear gold dot, which is a hollow point. Um, and then almost like twice the powder is what I put in my competition load, uh, in that as a hunting load. So it's got a much higher velocity. Um, but yeah, that's. What's your thoughts on the bullets, Pete? Um, you know, the ones that, you know, Brian said the berries are very famous. They're they're When he said, when he meant cheaper, he meant cheaper as in price, but not quality. Um, yeah. Berries a very uh premium selection of you know bullets you know for the competitive shooters because they specialize in making they're they're like he said they're a plated plated lead bullets so in the middle there's lead and then they use a plating system and their plating system's much much thicker um when you get down into the cheaper now i'm talking lower quality um plated bullets um what can happen is the rifling can strip the plating off and cause serious accuracy and velocity issues um performance issues so berries um does an ultra thick plating plating uh you know process that uh, makes them very famous for it and then you know it depends on what you want um you know if you're you know looking for competition or hunting i mean um there's also a large difference in solid copper bullets and then lead jacketed bullets. And what I mean by lead jacketed bullets, like a traditional lead jacketed bullet is, is you have a lead, you actually have, you know, pure lead with some kind of a copper jacket either plated onto it or, 
you know, formed uh, around the lead. And then, you know, so I can take a like nine millimeter, 125 grain, uh, traditional, you know, lead jacketed bullet. And then I could have 125 grain solid copper bullet and the loadings for both those, even though they're the same caliber, same weight are so much different because there's a hardness difference in length difference in, you know, from copper to lead and stuff. So you have to be really careful when you're, you know, um, when you're starting to reload and loading, um, these cartridges, because you really need to look at each individual load, load development for the specific bullet that you're loading. Um, so just because it said the your, the load data that you're looking at says this is good for a nine one twenty five, make sure it's what bullet and if you know you're shooting a comparable bullet if not that one. So research the 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 load the load data the reloading data for the for the exact bullet that you're looking to load. I so, think that's really important. So when yeah. you're you're talking about the load data and you said something about a recipe earlier, there are books out there or there there are websites, probably apps yeah. nowadays that yeah. will tell you and I guess when you say load the amount of powder for that particular metal bullet. You know, what, yeah. what component that bullet's made out of, you're yeah. saying that a different powder load would need to be considered for each of those and there's there's guides for that out there. Right. Yeah. yeah. So this kind of gives you an illustration of kind of a, you know, plated or a jacketed lead bullet. So you can see kind of the copper yeah. that surrounds it. So, and then, um, you know, this one is a, a fully a plated bullet or fully jacketed bullet. So it actually encompasses the lead on the backside. So, but this is a hollow point bullet. Um, and so, yeah. I think what Pete said is is really good, uh, you know, for for new reloaders to pay attention to is, you know, if you go on, if you look in your reloading book, you're going to see all these abbreviations for like different types of bullets, and you really need to kind of pay attention to that. Usually at the bottom or at the beginning, there's kind of a a layout of what all these different acronyms mean. Um, good and point. It, it can get kind of confusing, you know. There's you know, there's hollow point or there's soft point or, you know, flat, flat tip or round, round nose, or, you know, there's like a, a million different ones. Yeah. So kind of scroll down through there. Um, so now for our, our uh, video audience or listening audience, I've gone to a website. It's called Hogden, Hodgden. It'd be Hod, Hodgden. Hodgden, H-O-D-G-D-O-N, Hodgdon. And, um, this is this is kind of that that recipe website that you're talking about, right? Yep, yep. So I can go I can go here for pistol and I can put in a nine millimeter Luger. I can put in the bullet weight. So I did one fifteen, one twenty four, and one forty seven. I can pick a manufacturer. I did the Hodgden and Winchester, and then you can also pick powder. Yeah, and then you can hit that and then it goes down and then it gives you tell me what we're looking at here sure so 115 grain is the weight of it so i've got a little scale here um and you can just you can literally weigh the bullet just like you would weigh powder and figure out what what grain it is um so 115 grain is literally how much the bullet weighs 
Uh, and then FMJ stands for full metal jacket. So that is probably the most common nine millimeter bullet out there right now is 115 grain full metal jacket. Yeah. And um, when you buy them, you're buying them in bulk. And if you buy your bullets and you'll know this box is 115 grain full metal jacket. Exactly. Bullet. Yep. Um, yeah. Yep. Or T T M uh, TMJ total metal jacket. It's essentially a full metal jacket, um, which most of the plating bullets like berries and stuff. I, I'm pretty sure they refer to them as T TMJ. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then what is this? What is this telling me here? So I got my Winchester case. It's telling me the primer CCI 500 small pistol. Yep. Yep. And then yeah. it tells me my starting load is 4.9 grains. That's how much powder that I want to put in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so your powder's over there on the left. It's Winchester WSF. Um, and so it's telling you kind of further over to the left there. So, yeah, Winchester is the brand that makes the powder, and then WSF is the type of powder. And then... What is WSF? There's two different bullet diameters. Most full metal jackets are 355, and then most plated bullets are 356. Exactly. It's... You know, that that doesn't really matter too much. You're not going to really notice a difference between the two, but it's just kind of a okay. people get confused by that a lot. It's like, well, it says 355, but I should be using or mine say 356. Um, yeah. You know, there's not enough of a difference there for it to really matter. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and I've we've loaded, you know, plated nine millimeter bullets all the way up to 358. And the reason why there's a diameter difference is because the way the bullet is uh, manufactured, it's the hardness. So like bullets that are 356, seven or eight, those bullets may have a softer uh, compound to the plating or the jacket. So um, they make them a little bit larger um, to, you know, so the bullet reacts di uh, better in the rifling. So, okay. Yeah. So, and then, you know, over there it says starting load, um, it's 4.9 grains of powder. So, uh, bullet and powder are both measured in grains, which is, uh, just a type of measurement. Basically it's, you know, same as pounds or grams or ounces or whatever. Um, it's just a type of, of measurement. Um, and so then it gives you what their, uh, their, T their gun tested at so right above there it says barrel length is four inches um so that's kind of the test barrel that they use to get that velocity so if you've got a five inch barrel or a six inch barrel you'll probably get a little bit more velocity out of it if you've got a three or a two inch barrel you'll probably get a little bit less but that's kind of just a generic it gives you an idea uh, yeah. getting for that load so yeah so you always start at the low end the 4.9 and then slowly work your way up, you know, every 0.1 or 0.2 grains and uh, slowly, slowly work your way up until uh, I like to do what's called a ladder test, uh, which is really common with rifle, but it's uh, it applies to pistol as well, where let's say you, you load 4.9, 5.1, 5.3 and 5.5 and you load up 10 of each one of those and then you take them to the range and you see what your gun likes the best. And then whatever your gun likes the best, you just kind of run with that, you know, maybe make a hundred of them and, and see how it does. Um, but, you know, you could have five uh, M&P pistols that are all the same, you know, they're all five inch 2.0s, but one might like 4.9 grain bullets and 
or you know one might like 4.9 and one might like 5.3 so that's another cool thing about reloading is you'll really get to tailor your load to your specific gun but you won't know what that load is until you kind of you know set up that you ladder gotta play test. around you yeah gotta, gotta play around that, with it yeah that's a really good point i mean i've had uh totally full custom built uh rifles in the same caliber consecutive serial numbers they were literally built together and the loads are totally different yeah but that's a really good point it, it really you know when you're doing reloading you're able to load for your specific firearm for that gun for that serial number um yeah. because the next one may be totally different for whatever reason yeah. Now it's giving me this uh, this range four point nine to five point seven. What if I mm -hmm. went over that? So they they uh, are very heavily uh, monitored by their legal team, and so the five point seven grains is definitely the the maximum that you want to load. Um, you know, if you get into like nine plus p or you know some guys will load like nine millimeter major. You have to have a gun that's specifically built for that. Um, otherwise, you know, you could rupture a barrel or, you know, something like that. So definitely stay below the, what the maximum states. So. And what if you go below? Below is, is can be okay. If, as long as it functions your, your pistol, fine. Yeah. Um, you know, so I would say probably that my competition load that I, that I use is uh, probably lower than what the minimum says. Uh, but it runs my gun just fine. So, uh, you know, you, you always kind of want to start in the range that they give you and then, you know, and then kind of go from there. So, and this website, uh, it does pistol and it does, um, rifle and shotgun. There's shotgun yep. on here too. Um, yep. I know you could reload shotgun. I mean, you can, you can't reload. Yep. You can just load, right? Uh, you, you can actually reload the holes. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Huh. Yep. I've never reloaded shotgun. I know there's a guy here at work uh, who's a big turkey hunter, and he loads like ten rounds of shotgun a year, and he uh, uses this tungsten shot uh, for a for a very specific turkey load that that he shoots that you know he can hit a turkey at a much uh, longer distance than normal. So he's the only one I know that reloads shotgun. Usually the uh, it's not it's not really worth it. Uh, yeah. the price that it costs to reload shotgun can sometimes be more than what it costs to buy it. So, yep. But again, yep. you know, it's not necessarily cost why people get into this. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Keith likes everything about the great outdoors. He's a lot like us, whether we're bow hunting in the back country or plinking in the backyard, we want to enjoy each experience to the fullest. Keltec's 22 caliber P17 is Heath's go-to pistol for a good time on the range, on the trail, and anywhere in between. Weighing in at only 14 ounces with a full magazine, its compact size makes it easy to conceal or tuck away in a small pack, pocket, or space. It comes out of the box ready with a fiber optic front sight, a threaded barrel, a Picatinny rail, and a price point for any budget. With three 16-round magazines, it's ready for hours of pure, unadulterated enjoyment. It's easy, it's affordable, it's accurate, and it's a damn sweet marvel of plinking innovation. The Keltec P17. It's more bang for less buck.
All right, so we talked about the components, a um, little bit about that um, calculator there. So w just me getting into this, so I know about the components, things I need to get. Now I need tools. You know, I need the the presses and the powder thingy measures and the weights yeah. and scales and talk about all that. What as a beginner just getting into this, what's the bare minimum that I need to to right. get into this? Yeah. So. Go ahead. Go ahead. Be, you start if you want. Oh, I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you or anything. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, you know, I guess it depends on your budget because once again, it's kind of a rabbit hole effect. You know, you kind of got to set a budget, but I come from the school of, you know, the tools that you buy to do the job. Um, I think it's important to, to buy good quality tools like uh, your calipers. Um you know, the caliper is the uh, measuring instrument that measures your overall length of what you'll see on the on the thing you were just on, COL. Got some calipers there, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Brian's going to hold up some calipers I, here for us. I was in the engineering department, so <laughs> I just keep some on my desk here. Yeah, Brian <laughs> but, came from uh, engineering into marketing. That's a I know, man. weird okay. transition. Yeah. But uh, so basically, like what he's saying is you're – if I can get this to show up here. So you're uh, you're just measuring kind of the overall length of it there, like you're saying. So Yeah, I, I think, you know, a good set of calipers are uh, uh, really important. I uh, supply my employees with calipers because the ones I issue, I feel they're top, top of the line and, and they're good. Um, you know, because I've seen some cheaper calipers that you can buy for practically nothing, you know, that Harbor that Freight kind zero. of stuff. <laughs> or skip, you know, skip around and, you know, they just don't give accurate readings. And um, so, yeah, that that's a good start because, you know, buying a powder scale, you know, something to dispense powder or measure whey powder in, um, there's so many different things. Um, but you need to be able to accurately measure your ammunition that you're building. So it's super important. Yeah. Um, you know, brands out there, there's Starrett, that's good. We use Brown and Sharp Teslas um, for Defiant Munitions. Um, they're uh, they're maybe not the most expensive, but they're 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 expensive, um, and they're the higher end ones. There's Brown and Sharp Teslas, and then like I said, we have some Starrett's and stuff like that that have been in the game for a long time, and and they're good quality. And then you have digital readouts, and you have manual readouts. I'm kind of old fashioned. I I like um i like uh you know manual readouts oh man i can't stand it <laughs> oh you like the digital i'm all digital man yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i'm the only one at the shop all my employees because i give them the choice um, yeah. uh i said you want a digital readout or do you want a manual and everybody i'm the only one i'm just old school like that it's just the way yeah. i am so yeah so is there, are yeah. these the scales that i got pulled is this what you're talking about to weigh yep. Yeah, and then and, and for these scales, you're you're weighing the powder. Yeah, or can yeah. you just can you weigh anything, or is it just specifically for Bullets. powder? Yeah. yeah, you can weigh anything. Usually, most of them do, you know, uh, grams or ounces, and then uh, you want to make sure that you buy one that measures in grains. So um, that's that's the biggest thing there. So yeah, every, it's its yeah. own it's it's its own segment. Are these so, the ones yeah. you use, Pete, right here? Those with the numbers on them? Is that the non-digital? Yeah, those are, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people that still do reloading, and that's all they have is a beam scale. You know, that's pretty old school. 
but the one the scales we use are if you scroll back up uh-huh. um scroll back up there um right there oh, nope a little bit more um so the the one right here it's got red lettering across it one to the left one to the left of yours yeah this one those those are the scales we use at defiant they're really high end um and they're they're an absolute fantastic scale because they have extra decibels to read out oh you just got you got to I was, trying to, I was trying to pull it up. That's not yeah, the same one. Is that the same one? Oh, yeah, those are on the high end. Yeah, it is. It just doesn't have the wind, the wind thing on it. If you click on the middle picture, you can see it. Um, so that's what we use. Um, so that's a nine hundred eighty dollars scale. I'm not paying that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. They're not cheap. Yeah, um, but from the stuff that he's doing, you know, it. it you well, have yeah, to he's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I. It's totally not necessary to get in if you're getting into reloading for the first time. That that's obviously. I'm. I do this for a living. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so Frankfurt. You know, but different. Frankfurt Arsenal yeah. is part of the the AOB, right? Yeah. Family. Yeah, so I've got I've got one here. Um, let me pull the. Let me stop sharing and get back to you. Yeah. So this is this is one of our. Um, it's kind of the upper level of one that we have. Um, but I think, you know, kind of even the lower level one is, is like 30 bucks. Um, it does have, you know, little, uh, weights that you can make sure that it's calibrated correctly, um, which is really important. So, but you know, like Pete said, I mean, it is, it is something that it makes a difference. You know, if you, especially if you're loading towards the top end of that, and let's say you you put 5.7 grains of powder and it says, okay, that's what you're loading, but your scale is off and it's actually putting 6.1 or 6.2 in there, you know, you can get into trouble real quick. So yeah. it's good to, you know, maybe have one or two or maybe have Definitely a Definitely calibrate your scale. Kind of, you know, go up yeah. and kind of double check your, your work there. Yeah. But, so, um, yeah, we calibrate all of our scales. We, when we get into the shop in the morning, we, we turn them on. Let them sit for 30 minutes, let them warm up a little bit, calibrate them. And then even sometimes we'll calibrate them halfway through the day. Cal- you know, making sure your, your scales calibrate is important because like what Brian said, um, you know, it's it, it would suck if you were loading up a thousand rounds of ammo and then you find out after that that they're a grain heavy um, when you, you know, couldn't afford to make them a grain heavy. So, right. Uh, I, yeah, I try to find scales that give the extra decibel readouts because, like, if you're if you're doing a load that is a strict five point seven, like, hey, that's a hot load, I can't go any hotter, or you you're doing a match that extra decibel because if you drop five point seven on some scales, it could be actually five point seven and a half. Um, I, I get pretty anal about it, so you know that might not matter to a lot of people, but I like to know exactly what the charge is. Um, so, but, uh, you know, those Frankfurt Arsenal scales, I have buddies that have them they love them. They, they work really great and they're very consistent yeah. and, uh, a lot of people like them. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's good. It's always good to, to have, uh, a second set of reference point, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I've been reloading for a long time and this is the one that, that I use. I've been happy with it. Um, and then, you know, I also know that 
you know, the PRS guys that, that I shoot with, those guys get real crazy with. Totally you know, get nuts, man. Yeah, yeah. So it's, again, it's that same kind of level too, right? If you're like just loading a generic pistol round that is kind of middle of the road or kind of on the lower end of the powder charge, then, you know, you can probably get away with a, a $30 scale. If you're a PRS shooter and you want something that can dispense the powder for you automatically like this guy, then, uh, you know, then you, you step up a little bit. So, so I'm on, um, uh, and that's another thing, you know, where can people go and get these? And I'm sure there's a, a million different websites. Um, but brand wise, I mean, you can probably go to Brownells and get this stuff and optics planet and you know, all those guys yeah. that carry everybody. But what, you know, talk about some of the brands like Frankfurt Arsenal and, and this obviously is a good brand. Um, yeah. But we're talking more yeah. reasonable here. Two hundred thirty-nine dollars for for this this scale here. Yeah, so this one is a little bit different. It's designed for more for rifle loading. So basically, you fill up that hopper, and then you you type in, okay, I want twenty-seven and a half grains. You press enter, and it puts it into the it weighs it for you basically. So yeah, yeah, you a could- lot of the stuff that I do for pistol, I'm I'm doing everything on the press. Um, cause I've got a progressive press that does everything actually on the press. If you're, if you're loading with a, you know, a single stage, like, uh, with the Frank, one of the Frankfurt Arsenal presses or something, you know, like this guy, um, then, you know, you've got to, you've got to load all the powder and stuff off, off the press, um, and then put the bullet on top of it. So whereas a progressive, it's doing all of those functions kind of all at one, one time. Hold and that so up a little through. higher there. So. Yeah. This uh, is called a what? This is called the Impress. Um, okay. It's just a little single stage. So basically what that means is it's just got a spot for one die here. So, yep. So it's only doing one function at a time. So, But we, we can get into the press stuff because it gets pretty crazy. But Okay. Um, well, that, would that be know. the next logical thing? So we've done our, um, our powder. We've done our... What else yeah, do we do? See. What other tool? The calipers. So calipers, yeah. uh, the the weight. Yep. Now where do we go? Yeah. To yeah, the press. We can go to the press if you want. It's a good. It's a good segue. Okay. Yeah. So again, like what uh, Pete was saying, you know, you can spend 150 bucks on a press, or you can spend five grand on a press. Um, you know, oh, so yeah. we've got we've got a Mark Seven in in our office uh, that is auto driven and. Uh, you basically press a button and all you're doing is filling powder, filling primer tubes, putting more bullets in it, putting more cases in it. And it's, it's right. running on its own. I'm you're just, just getting the end of this. I'm, I'm brand new. You know, I don't yeah. want to get overwhelmed. Right. Right. Yeah. Let's keep yeah. everything that level right now. And then we can talk about <laughs> upgrades later. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Frankfurt Arsenal has a couple single stage presses. One's 150 bucks. Uh, called the F1. It's coming out here in a few months, and then we also have the Empress, which I was just showing you, and that one's three hundred bucks. Um, so if you're loading rifle or you're not really loading a lot of pistol, you know, single stages is okay. Um, I started on a lead classic turret, which I don't know the retail of those off the top of my head, um, but that's what I started on, and. Uh, I think I outgrew that thing in like two months. I think I bought my Dill in like two months after buying that uh, classic turret press. But yeah, um, yeah. So the press there, it's back up at the top. The, the this um, one, yep, right there. That one, yep. 
Yeah, I think it's important that, you know, for somebody that's just getting into reloading, I think they need to be like really honest with themselves and, and decide, say, hey, all right, how many different cartridges am I going to load for and how many rounds, maybe a year or a month that, you know, am I going to actually load like for reels? Um, you know, because there's a lot of people that get into reloading um that spend tens of thousands of dollars and getting all these crazy presses and stuff and it's like they load you know 500 rounds a year or something like that it's like you really don't need that um yeah. you also got to decide like, how much your time is worth too you know what exactly. i mean like you know i've got two young kids i'm busy all the time i need to like sit you know sit at my bench and crank out 500 rounds in an hour you know and then i'm done you know and that that'll last me for a little while if you're right. you know retired and you got nothing better to do than than sit in your basement and just reload ammo all day then you know you can you can get a single stage press and do that so uh you got to decide what your time is worth to yeah. as well as your budget but so. that, i mean that's the thing too is you got to start i don't know that you have to start but you know you got to start somewhere and you got to get yeah. your pace and your flow to know if, you know, something bigger, better is what you need. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I would, would definitely think. not recommend people start off with a progressive press if they've never reloaded before. Just because, like I said, you know, on the X10, there's literally 10 different things going on at one time. So, you know, even for a seasoned reloader, it's a lot to kind of pay attention to. You know, you got literally 10 pieces of brass on this thing moving every time you pull the handle. So. Yes. Like, you know, and we, we talked about this with the, uh, the AK Builders um, episode that we did. There are courses that people offer yeah. to go and learn how to make yeah. these kits. Are there reloading classes and courses yeah. that you can go to and take? Actually, so... Um, that would be like the number um, one was, first step, right? Yeah. So a few weeks ago, I was at Gunsight Academy in Arizona. And... Uh, Aren't we, we going taught- there soon? <laughs> yeah, we taught uh, 10 uh, YouTube and Instagram influencers how to reload their own ammo. So people that are gun people, you know, like yourself, uh, but had never reloaded before. And so we brought all the equipment from Frankfurt Arsenal uh, up to Gunsight, and they reloaded their own ammo. They loaded 100 rounds of 6-millimeter Creamore. We got uh, rifles donated by Seekins Precision. And so they loaded their nice. own ammo, and then they went out and shot their own ammo out to a mile. Uh, and so that was really, really cool for those guys to do. So, uh, we actually donated all the equipment that we had for the class to Gunsight so that they can teach that class in the future. Um, but yeah, there's, there's lots of, lots of classes out there, um, that you can take. So, and then obviously, you know, YouTube and, and all that is a really good resource. Uh, if depends, you ask it depends, your, I guess, on where you get your local range or some of your friends, you probably know somebody that reloads, uh, for me, I, there was, you know, I'm going to date myself here, but YouTube wasn't really a thing uh, when I I started. And, uh, you know, so, and I, and I hate reading books, so I didn't want to read through the 400 uh, page, you know, Hornady manual or whatever. Um, And so I kind of asked around and I knew one guy that reloaded and he, he helped me kind of get the basics of it down. And then I just did a ton and ton and ton of research and uh was able to do it that way but if you can find a mentor like if you know somebody who reloads i 100 percent guarantee you that they would love to sit down and just kind of walk you through the steps of reloading because that's just you know how we I, are. yeah i agree so. um research into this game is is good and make sure you're researching good information and i always tell yeah. them like 
customers because yeah. I have customers that call me all the time for questions. If there's anybody here watching and that you're just getting in the reloading or you have a reloading question, call me. Uh, my number is easy to find. I would rather you call me to get set on the right path or to get the right answer than to yeah. get it wrong because I mean, bad listen, yeah. I mean, Peapod Defiant Munitions five five five. <laughs> you go to his website. Go to the website defiantmunitions.com and uh, you can get in touch with him there. Or you can go to the their social meds. Do you are you good about answering your messages on social meds? Yeah, we're pretty snappy about it. Okay, within a few minutes. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. It's like I said at the beginning of the show. Do not try to contact me through the social meds. Do email talkingletgmail.com with with uh, things like uh, questions and things like that. But yeah. Yeah, like like Pete said, there's a lot of bad info out there too, you know. So uh, you don't want to get everything from you know one source. Or if you you know go to your buddy and he's like, oh yeah, I load this you know crazy load, and then uh, you know you check online and you're like, well, the, what he said was way over what the maximum is supposed to be. So that's why I would say I would never get like reloading recipes from uh, online unless it's from you know like the Hoshin website. Yeah, uh, you know that's it's it's something you can use to kind of double check you know your work and say okay there's there's a bunch of other people that are kind of loading in this same general area, um, mm-hmm. but definitely start you know with with the reloading manual get your info from there get it off the Hodgson website get it from the patty manufacturer because yeah. there's just so much kind of weird there's, stuff out there on, yeah. on the internet so yeah there's another uh, place that that um that's really good it's called loaddata.com and I, I think there's a little fee involved but it's got it is literally a massive uh website where you can get just about any kind of load development off of have you heard of it brian what do you think I it's called i will look it up yeah load loaddata.com it's a very small fee it's like 20 bucks a year or something like that i think don't don't quote me on that but yeah. it has piles and piles of load data it's all legitimate verified data it's uh it's pretty cool yeah man this yeah that looks good cool. is this yeah, it is. is this it mm-hmm. yep that's it and um it's just kind of like a one-stop shop for everything um they have everybody's load development in there from all the top companies it's all compressed into one website and I mean, I don't have any search over three hundred and three hundred eight thousand and two loads. Three hundred eight thousand. Yeah, that's that's where we talked about getting into the weeds, you know. So. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah, and they, I think they have a beginner's guide in there and in everything. I mean, it's it, it's pretty cool. I, I I actually use it myself. If there's something that you know I need the cross reference, I. I, I'm a member of this. I just jump on there and, and check it out, um, you know, just to make sure I'm in the ballpark. So so it's even stuff that, you know, somebody like myself that owns an ammunition company, I still use it for reference. It's yeah. a good reference. Tool. For amazing thirty four ninety five per year, you receive the largest online reloading manual in the world. Over 300,000 okay. so searchable loads, new loads added daily, metallic cartridge, shot shell data, exclusive articles. Free advanced hand loading DVD, over three hundred dollars worth of reloading manuals at your fingertips. Uh, yeah, uh, that's cool. Uh, it's it's yeah. The price has increased since you know I I uh, for a while, but um, yeah, it's thirty five dollars. I think it's well spent. 
for yeah. a year. Yeah. If you buy one of those reloading manuals, they're you know right at thirty thirty five dollars anyway. There so, you go. Yeah, you and that only gives you data little. for one you know one brand usually. So I'd say it's it's good money money well spent. Yeah. yeah there you know, go. The Lyman's um, book it's thirty seven forty nine at Optics Planet. There's a Nosler. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're a book guy, you know, you can buy, you know, all the different, you know, reloading books from all the different brands and stuff. Uh, I'm just not. So uh, I like using the Hodgkin website and this loaddata.com website looks great too. Yeah. I use the Hodgkin uh, website as well. It's, it's really well, it's really good. But for you preppers out there, you know, when the grid goes down, you want those books, you want those hard want the books. Yeah. The books. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Get yeah. those books. Definitely. All right. Very good. That's that's good information. So we kind of skipped. We did. We talked a little bit about the press. Anything else about the presses yeah. that we need to talk about? Um. Yeah. I mean, the presses. The presses are hard. You know, we we kind of talked about it for a second, but you like what Pete said. You really want to real really be honest with yourself. You know, obviously, people always want to get into it as cheap as possible. Um, yeah. But, you know, I bought that Lee Classic turret and I outgrew it in like two months. Uh, and then I bought my, my my Dillon 650. And I've been using that Dillon 650 for 10 years. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, well worth the it, investment on that one. Yeah, right, right, right. So, and like I said, you know. What's the, that saying? With the. Uh, really important too. So. Pay, pay a little more, buy it once. Kind of, what's that buy saying? Buy once, car once. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah. I can load. I can load a hundred rounds in 15 minutes on that 650. Um, you know, it would probably take me over an hour to load a hundred rounds on that Lee Claire, that Lee classic turret press easily. Yeah. yeah probably more. Yeah. We, we actually use a lot of, we, not a lot. We use some Dylan products, uh, at Defiant two, uh, some progressive machines, one called an RL 1100. Yep. yep. And, uh, we, we can load, um, about a thousand rounds an hour on it. Yeah. Now you're just bragging. So, um, <laughs> press. Now, what else do I need? I need. We're talking like necessity. The the bare minimum yeah, that I yeah. need to get into to reloading. So a caliper, a weight, a press. What mm. else do I need? Yeah. So this is one of our other presses. Um, but a press is useless without dies. So dies. Uh, and what yeah. are dies? Yep. What is so a die? A lot of times you can, you know, if like you go on uh, Dylan's website or something like that, you can order dies and stuff with it. Um, like Frankfurt Arsenal, they don't uh, they don't sell any dies, so um, you know you can't buy dies from our website. But like Lee makes really good dies. What is a die? Uh, this is a Dylan die. So basically, the die is what is either what takes the primer out, it's what expands the case, it's what puts the uh, the bullet on it. It's, you know, it does each of the individual functions that you need to do. So okay. I guess we can walk through that real quick, too, because if you don't know, you know, kind of what the process is, then, you know, you don't know, you know, what what you need. So um, let's just start with this, I guess. So, yeah. you know, you've got, you've got a piece of brass, right, that you shot and you picked up off the range. The first thing you got to do is remove the old primer from it. OK, so that's what that's what this guy does. Uh, the case goes up inside there. That's what the die does. Uh, you know, the decapping pin is what pushes out the old primer. 
and then uh, it ends up on some little, you know, some little catch can or, you know, going down a tube or, or something. So all the, all your old primers end up in there. And, uh, and can you those, reuse those your just, primers? You know, Is it, are those... I guess if you, you get into prepping or something, you might be able to figure something out, but most people just throw them away. So that's just junk. Okay. Primers yeah. are junk after yeah. you pop them out. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Pete might know some secrets on them. No, I, no, I, uh, I, I've never heard of somebody reloading primers before. Yeah. That'd be new to me. Use them for yeah. artwork. Right. Yeah. You're into jewelry so, making. Uh, so you take out the old primer, right? And then, uh, you got to put a new one in it. So that's, that's the first step. How do I put a new one in it? So a lot of them will do it on the press. Uh, Frankfurt Arsenal, uh, has a little hand primer. Uh, that you know you you can fill it up and and uh, fill it up by hand or you can put them in there by hand. Um, I do everything on on the press. Um, show me. So can you show me? The way I to do it, but it just kind of. Can depends. you show me? Um, let's see. With the press you've got there. Uh, so most of these are the two that I have here are meant for. Uh, for hand priming, so okay. uh, it's not until you get into the more the progressive ones that you can prime on the press. Do you have a hand so. primer on your I bench there? You could go to if you want to. If he doesn't have one, um, yeah. you could go to like um, Primal Rights makes a pretty cool high end primer, um, and I mean Dylan, I believe makes one. Does uh, Frank? Yeah, they make one too. Let me yeah. go to their website because that's where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, what would that be under? Uh, it should be under reloading tools. Right. Let me look here. I'm primer pocket. Uh, yeah. So reloading tools, priming and depriming tools, and then it's that perfect seat hand primer. Perfect. So there it is. Let me uh, share my screen here for our listeners. Our our watchers, not our listeners. Listeners, go watch the video. Right. Yeah. Here it is. So the perfect seat hand primer. Boom. Yep. Yep. Got it. So you just you put your primer in there, put your case. Yeah. In there. So primers come in packs of a hundred, and so you dump your hundred pack into that little blue tray there. Yeah. And then uh, you set a case in the top, squeeze the handle, and it has a little ram that pushes the primer into the case. Yep. Nice. Yep. And that little thing right there. You got it. Yep. Yep. There you go. That's perfect. Very cool. Okay. So you need that tool. Yeah. Yep. All right. So now you're going through the process. So we put the primer in. Now what's next? Yep. So um, once you get the primer in there, you have to expand the case out a little bit uh, to fit a new bullet inside. So um, if I take this one, for example, this one has not been sized, and so this bullet actually won't uh, fit in there uh, because it's still basically the same uh, size as what the bullet is. What you need to do is just kind of open up the brass a little bit so that the bullet can actually slide in there like that. So. And how do you do that? What tool do, does that? Uh, so usually it's the same die that, uh, that your powder goes through. So while it's uh, dumping the powder, it puts a uh, a little ball inside of the case and it kind of expands it expands it out a little bit. So usually they're done at the same time. So the powder and expanding the case are usually done with the same die. 
So, so there's a die. And you buy the- you buy the die as a set. So you buy them like you know all three or all four dies all together you don't have to buy them individually so you just buy them as a set from lee or dylan or whoever our guest or whoever so okay so now we've done that part yeah so you're expanding the case and then you're also putting powder into it and so um you know there's there's powder measures that like you saw that rifle one that we had on frankfurt arsenal site where you just type in whatever you want and it puts in the right amount of powder and it it dumps it into, you know, something like this. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you have a little funnel that sits on top of it for a rifle cartridge. And then you're just kind of pouring it in there. Yeah. But if you're doing uh, it by hand, you've got your scale, you're measuring out your powder and you yeah. get the right amount. And then you pour yeah. it in the case. In yep. yep. So now you got your powder yeah. in your case. Now you have powder in the case. Yep. So then you put it back into the press and you usually either set your bullet on top manually like that. Or sometimes you can do it on the press, uh, depending on the type of press that you have. And then um, that just kind of sets the bullet on there. And then you have a bullet seating die, which will actually compress the bullet and actually push it down in there far enough so that you get the right total length of your case. Um, and so those are adjustable. So they've got a little a little screw on the top. You kind of screw it down and it will... Uh, make it shorter, you unscrew it, and it'll seat a little bit deeper. And the overall length of the case is really going to depend on your gun. Um, it's in that recipe that, that we looked up earlier. It's okay. kind of a generic thing. So you can get uh, that measurement should be in that yeah. recipe book. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you use your, you know, your calipers for to, to measure, you know, what the overall length is. And then if it's too tall, you can put it back in there and push it a little bit further down. Uh, but you want to kind of get it set at a certain level. Uh, they make uh, case gauges. So it's just like a little gauge you drop the bullet into, the, the loaded cartridge you drop it into, and it will kind of tell you if it's the right length and everything's well. It's basically a chamber, but it's not in yeah. a barrel. Uh, what I recommend for new reloaders is just pull the barrel out of the gun that you're using to reload for and just use that, and you just drop it in there and see if it drops in there and it fits. Um, you know, for rifle, a lot of times, uh, the chamber is long enough, but it won't fit in like an AR magazine, you know? Um, and so you can use the magazine as kind of a, a length gauge as well. If it's too long to fit in the magazine, obviously you're not going to be able to use it. So, um, but if you just kind of follow the recipe, that's a really good kind of starting point to go after. So, um, so that's the bullet seating die that, that tells you, uh, how long your bullet needs to be. And then uh, you have a crimping die, uh, which for pistol, basically you're just, you know, your your case looked like this to set the bullet in it. What the um, the crimp die is basically just making it straight again for most cases. Um, if you have, if you're loading like 357 or some other kind of Magnum cartridge, sometimes you want the brass to actually push in to a little ring on the bullet. Uh, a lot of rifles are that way too, um, but it's just kind of de- going to depend on the caliber that that you relate. So those are and these dies, really these dies that you're talking about, do they go in the press? You yes, put, yeah, they go in the press. So they're they, interchangeable dies. So you take one out, put the next one in to do the next function. Right, and if you have a progressive press, they're all on the head at once and uh, rotate it, and it's rotating around. Yeah, so 
either the the head stays stationary and the and the bottom part moves or sometimes you know top moves or, or whatever but all your dives are up there at once that's why you're doing you know five or eight or ten you know functions all at one time is because all your dives are up there already you don't have to unscrew them and swap them out so yeah and there's yeah and you know like what brian was saying with the crimp there's typically two types of crimp a tapered crimp where your crimp die when you when you know when you go down with the press and the and the cartridge goes up in the die, you either taper crimp so the crimp is a tapered so it's tapered from you know loose to tight or there's a roll crimp where you know where where the case if the die actually rolls the case into the bullet candle or or the bullet um, and you know you can you can put too much crimp on the bullet where it could be so much where the die actually crushes the case. Um, Was there a setting so you don't over crimp? No, I mean, you, what we do is typically measure how I do it is um, I usually set the crimp to my eyeball, you know, where I think it's feel about right. And then I pull a bullet and I actually take a measurement of the crimp line because Typically, you know, the, there'll be a line, a mark around the bullet for the crimp. Yeah. So, yeah. Is that how you do it, Brian? Or do you? Do you yeah. Have- so, like with those berries plated bullets that I use, mm-hmm. um, since they're plated, you don't want to crimp it too much because it will deform the bullet because they're so soft. Or uh, tear um, the tear the plating. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And so. And um, then we've got our bullet. Yeah. Right. And so. Um, <laughs> You're basically what I do is I crimp it and then I use our Frankfurt Arsenal bullet puller and I'll just pull one, you know, just a little, the little hammer basically. And it basically hammers uh, out. And so the bullet like slowly works its way up. And so I'll pull it out and I'll just run my fingernail over it. And so like, if I, if I see a little line, but I don't feel an actual indentation of the bullet, then I know that, that I've got the right, uh, the right crimp. Cause it's really not a crimp. You're just taking the, the bell out of the case at that point. So yep. like I said, it's really going to depend on what caliber you're loading. So if yeah, you need, okay. it is very uh, caliber specific and not only caliber specific, but bullet, bullet yeah. you know, bullets with, if they has a cantaloupe around the bullet or, you know, there's tons, so yeah. tons of yeah. different things. Yeah. Cantaloupe is just kind of a groove that's kind of built into the bullet, into the casting. And so your brass actually is supposed to sit into that groove and kind of lock it in. Uh, a lot of military cartridges will do that uh you know for uh like machine guns and stuff like that that you know can get some bullet setback where the mm-hmm. bullet gets kind of pushed back into the case and that that will kind of prevent that from happening but okay. for most you know most calibers and stuff so would you uh, say we've pretty much covered the the basics at this point yeah that's it okay so we've got let's we've do got this loaded now, so Let's go to uh, listener questions now, and that may yep. get us into some some other things. And if you think of anything while we go through this, uh, we can we can hit that too. So, um, cool. and we kind of did this guns, oil, and dirt. I need to know how, just how. Love the show. So I think we told you how <laughs> a little yep. bit, a little bit there, yeah, as best we can without actually going to a, a course. But yeah, now now that I think about it, you know, if there are classes out there your local gun store has one or uh you can go to a place like gun site which you know i don't don't, maybe cost prohibitive some people but it's probably a lot of local uh things that you can check in to take a class definitely or like you said got a buddy that does it go go watch them 
a buddy that's that great. you that's a great idea. Yeah, that you so, that you trust. <laughs> right. It's, it's yeah. not a crazy dude. Um yeah. Sick Nartini, does anyone know how to make steel cased ammo in the US? I don't know. Uh my understanding is that steel case does not uh reload very well. It's usually kind of a one spire. Yeah, I've never heard of anybody it. reloading it. I think you just just is anybody making it, I guess. Uh, well, gotcha. Yes. Oh, because of the ban on the Russian ammo. I got you. I see where he's coming from now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's rumors of American bait companies trying to tool up to make steel case. Um, the information that I that I have, um, I'm not sure if I can repeat it, so I'm just gonna not. Um, but Be there safe. are some there are some uh, there are some American American companies that uh, that are looking about tooling up for steel case to to replace you know what we lost in the Russian ban. That's cool. I hadn't heard that, so that's interesting. Tandem Dooley, if you could only have one piece of reloading equipment, what is it? And why is it a Dillon 550? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he answered his I own actually, question. And this is a big personal thing, but I actually don't like the 550. So uh, yeah. you have to you have to turn the the um, the dias or the station manually, um, which for me is just kind of an added step. I think the 650 is worth the money to to do it on its own. But yeah, the yeah. the 650 and the new 750. Yeah, the 750. Yeah. Um, yeah, get, get up to date, Dooley. Get up to date. You're yeah. you're a hundred. Yeah. You're two hundred series behind, son. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He needs to step up to the uh, the X10 that that Frankfurt Arsenal is coming out with. There so. you go. Yeah, yeah. same price as the 750, but it's got a bunch more stations and a bunch more features. So, oh, wow. cool. Yep, check it out. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll let you go over the features of that here in just a little bit. Don't let me forget. Yeah. Um, bonafide breed. No, no, I'm not reading that. That's a <laughs> stupid question. Um, he's got some better ones here, but that was just being a meathead. What's one piece of advice that you can give someone who is wanting to get into reloading? Don't blow your face off. Yeah, yeah. Don't smoke. No, I don't think smoke while you're reloading. <laughs> Yeah, it's a joke, but it's not. Uh, you know, I'd say, like we've said, and we've said this many times, but make sure that you really do your research from a trusted source. You know, uh, get get multiple sources. Uh, you know, get your get your reloading data from a reliable source. Don't just uh, you know grab some guy's reloading recipe off the web, off the internet, or uh, you know your buddy tells you you know that he loads seven grains of some powder but he actually meant five and he just kind of told you wrong so you know that that'd be the biggest piece of advice that i have would be make sure you're safe and the way to make sure you're safe is to verify your your loading data so in, yeah um, in all seriousness that's exactly what i was going to say as well so i agree with that 100 percent uh glautrue g-l-a-u-t-r-e-u i don't know how you'd say that what are the top three calibers recommended for beginners to try reloading? Um, so I would say nine millimeter, any of the basic pistol calibers, nine, 40, 45 are good. Uh, two, two, three is relatively easy. Um, but honestly, it just depends on what you shoot. You know what I mean? Like there's no point in reloading two, two, three if you don't have one. Yeah. Uh, all, they're all the same. 
yeah. mean, the steps are the same. The caliber is different, but you're you're going to do loading 357 mag and me loading nine millimeter. It's all the same. It's just a different caliber. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I think you get some of the bigger cost effectiveness comes into uh, you know kind of the more unique calibers. Um, so you know if you've got like a 338 Lapua or something that's five dollars around for you to buy from the factory and 303 British a dollar fifty around or something you know then that would be one that you probably want to do because it's going to save you a ton of money you know yeah so saving you know 10 or 20 cents every nine millimeter load doesn't matter if you're only shooting 100 rounds a month you know but if you're shooting a thousand rounds a month you know it really starts to add up so yep Bailey Mueller 80, what are your preferred reference materials when trying to reload a caliber loading that you haven't tried before? Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about that. So um, that that uh, loaddata.com that, that Pete brought up is awesome. I had never seen that before, so that's really cool. Uh, obviously, there's a ton of books out there that you can buy. Um, and then the, the Hodgson one, something. something Hodgson, right yeah, cool. that would be a good a good starting point right there. Yep. And then as you get more advanced than that pay site that Pete's talking about. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, let's see. This one's specifically for Pete. This is from Armus Bravis. Pete, what powder are you using for your 762 by 39? Is it proprietary or an off the shelf? Any plans for 545 by 39? Hornady Black is the only brass stuff in this caliber. Yeah. I think we have had every time I've been on the podcast with you they've asked about 545 yeah i really want you to do 545 <laughs> so um yeah first of all all of our powders are all proprietary and to be honest with you i could tell you what it is and it's just a number it's just a stock number um we don't call it like you know tight group or anything like that it's it's a number and uh, most of our powders are specifically designed to my specifications for the cartridge so at Defiant, we don't just use powder. What well, we do, we do use some powders that you might be able to get, but 95% of the powders we use are powders that um, I specifically uh, designed out for our cartridges, uh, detailed out. Um, so our we do we do things a little bit different than a lot of other ammunition companies, but um, yeah. So um, you know. So uh, the answer so, to your question is it's I, proprietary. <laughs> yeah, proprietary. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, to the 545, um, I have brass case um, cases on order with a company. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that I'll have some by the end of the year. So the answer to that question is yes, Defiant will do 545 by 39 eventually. I just don't have an ETA on it. Gotcha. And that's, this kind of falls in line with the next question. Um, Kits Miller, three gun. He's been on the show before. Uh, I've heard from a few sources that components are getting caught up. When we, when will we see more primers and powder available to the general public? Good question. Well, I don't think anybody knows that. Uh, so I, I agreed with what he said there in the beginning, but um, things were starting to loosen up. Um, we were starting to see a higher flow of primers higher numbers at one and then all of a sudden boom it was it's back to shit again yeah. and um i don't know why i mean i don't i think orders kind of slowed up 
and then you know manufacturing was starting to catch you know starting to catch up a little bit because i started seeing you know like i said larger number of uh primers because we had millions of primers on back order some of those back orders go almost two years back and i i started to see some of the stuff coming in and i was like oh thank god you know and then all of a sudden boom we're we're, we're not getting anything again so primer is it's it's I don't know. I don't even. I don't even know how to reply to that. Yeah, it's I think, just. It, I think you just did. I don't know. That's a. That's a great. That's a yeah. great answer. If you don't Being know. You don't industry, know. You know. We we're in the same boat as everyone else. You know. So yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Luckily, you know, if you've been reloading for a long time, you can kind of stockpile when things are good. You know, like I haven't bought primers in probably two or three years. You know, so um, you know, I'm in a little bit different boat than. And Pete, where you know I'm just loading enough for myself to kind of get by. So yeah. uh, when stuff's really good and stuff's really easy and stuff's really cheap, that's when you buy it. And then you know, hopefully, it holds you over when when things aren't so good. So yeah, exactly what you said. People really need to take note of when things are readily available. That is the time to buy. Yeah. Everybody always does it ass backwards, and it's like, <laughs> listen, you know, you know, when, then when things happen you could sit back kick your feet up and be like yeah i'm one of the smart guys yep yeah uh, and i you know i've sold some to friends and stuff like you know my buddy or somebody gets into reloading and they're like hey man i, I just need a thousand primers and it's going to last me a year i'll sell them a thousand primers you know what i mean yeah. uh, um just just to help out somebody but you know so stock up there, yeah when you got it stock up when yeah. it's when it's available yeah. stock up Arms of a K, and you know, there's certain maybe we should talk about that too. Is storage tips and tricks like for powder. I mean, there, you want to store your powder. There's a certain way to do that so that it's gonna yeah last. Not longer. really, unless you're in some extreme climates or something. But you just keep it, keep the powder in the factory uh, sealed container that it comes in. Don't you know? Make don't ever mix powders. Don't ever you know put powder in a in another jar that's got you know a different load data on it or something. Don't or store it on the floor. You need yeah, to store right. it elevated. So, yeah. So I mean, moisture. Yeah. For, me, for me, just, you know, having, having enough, you know, to load for the next, you know, three or four years. Uh, you know, I just, I, I uh, try to, I do it in a climate controlled area cause I can, you know, um, and that's, that's where I store it, but I don't have, you know, any like, uh, fireproof, you know, containers or anything like that. Um, I just keep it in the, the factory sealed container. Yeah. So, and that's yeah. recommended, I think. Um, yeah. Keep it in the it, factory container, keep it off the floor, you know, as much moisture as you can keep it away from, keep it away from moisture. Um, yeah. We, uh, probably sunlight. You don't want to keep it in sunlight. Right. Yeah. Cause we're, we're in that mass manufacturing market. We're controlled differently. So we have to store a powder and stuff, uh, a lot differently than somebody a home reloader would. So, yeah. So this question comes yeah, from got, Arms of Acadia. He says, "For experienced reloaders, what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you began reloading?" Yeah, I'd say we already gave you a really good one, and that's buying it when it you know when it's cheap and available, and not not trying to scrounge up and paying. Three dollars per primer, you know, and when everybody else is is trying to buy primers at yeah. the same time, I'd say that's a big one for sure. Um, yeah, let's do this. Let's do let's yeah. do our fact to fight the myth. Now 
it's time for the talking lead. We forgot to do that. So what is one of the biggest myths about reloading that you'd like to debunk, Brian? And then we'll ask Pete. Yeah, I think uh, there's probably two. Uh, you know, one is that you won't save money, you know, reloading. Um, and like I said before, you know, you you definitely can save money. Uh, you will just probably end up spending that saved money on more ammo or more components or, you know, more gun stuff, but you did save that money and you have extra money to do it. Um, you know, and so that's, that's a big one. I think, uh, you know, that was the whole reason why I got started into reloading and it's definitely paid off, you know, in the past 10 years. Um, the other myth, I think there's something that, you know, people are scared of is uh that you know reloading can be extremely dangerous um you know you you are dealing with lead you know you're dealing with you know explosive powders uh but you know it's not like black powder where you know if you look at it the wrong way it can become explosive you know these are very very stable powders um you know everything's very safe even with two little kids uh, you know, I, I don't mind at all, you know, reloading in the house. Um, you know, I've got a dedicated, you know, safe room that has all the guns and, and the reloading equipment in, but I'm not worried about lead vapors going up into the, you know, into the air conditioning system or anything like that. So it's, it's very safe if you, if you, uh, just follow, you know, the really simple instructions and, and you follow the load data, um, it can be very safe. I've never had, a single issue uh, reloading, and I'd say I've loaded over a hundred thousand pistol rounds um, in the past ten years, um, and I've I've never had something that has been unsafe. Uh, but I also come from a engineering kind of design background where I'm very you know research and focused. I'm very anal about what I'm doing. I I stay focused while I'm reloading, and so I think there's a big myth that says it's it's unsafe to reload your own ammo. Uh, and I feel like, uh, that's definitely not true as long as yeah. uh, you take the proper precautions and it's pretty simple to do that. So I like that. Pete, you got anything? Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah. Um, I'm thinking, uh, uh, yeah. Loading cartridges at maximum pressure is risky. Like people are like, so, you know, like my background, you know, with Corbon and my father and stuff, like everybody would always be like, oh, that's loaded hot ammo. Like that's too hot for my gun, stuff like that. Like that's not true. There's, there's, you know, uh, we follow Sammy specifications. So Sammy is the governor of, you know, what the, you know, trying to think how to put it here that they they control like the maximums and, and yeah and they the set average. the standards basically yeah the standards yeah that's yeah. Sort of. yeah it's a good way to put it so, so yeah and um you know loading you know loading your your loads to maximum pressure to max loads um you know is fine for the gun those guns are built to you know um, you know, to handle that stuff. And, you know, there are some, you know, firearms out there that, that will state not recommended for, you know, plus P loadings and stuff like that. But I mean, you need to follow your, your manufacturers, you know, guidelines, but, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with hot loads and, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, rumors about saying, oh, well, these hot loads don't shoot as good. 
or the other way, you know, oh, only hot loads will shoot good. It's, you know, that's all myth. Yeah. Um, just sure. need to find what, what your particular gun likes. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know those, the prairie dog loads that I was talking about earlier is definitely at the top end of that spectrum because you're really pushing for as much velocity as you can get out of your gun. And the only way to do that is to, to be at the maximum. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. Here's another question uh, specifically for Pete here. This is from Richard NLMB. This is, what would you recommend I do with spent cases from Defiant 762 by 39 rounds? The Lapua cases look nice, but I've never been into reloading. Send them back to you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do the, the skunk works thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, you know, you know, we do use a lot of Lapua cases in some of our, our loadings and that stuff, especially Lapua is worth some money. You could jump on somewhere and sell them for, you know, look up how much it costs to replace that case on a retail market. And, you know, you could probably easily get 50% of that money for it. So if it's, if it costs you a dollar, there you go, you, uh, there's 20 unicorn horns right there in one sitting so um but yeah um you know you could you there's a lot of people that'll buy your once fired cases for sure i'm holding up some nice little pezzes right here yeah what you could do is you know buy defiant munitions shoot it up at the range pick up the spent casings resell it and then buy more defiant munitions. So that's exactly what you're supposed to do with it. <laughs> or well, do like Brian said, your uh what is, what is it called? That new thing? Skunk works thing. Skunk yeah. works. Yeah. 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 You can talk to us about redoing some stuff for you at Skunk Works. Or, you know, look into reloading it yourself. Yep. You know, so I would keep it, you know, I, I, uh, we shoot a lot of 40 Smith and Wesson for, uh, our red dot testing and stuff just cause it's a, uh, it's hard on the red dots. And so that's what we use. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I don't load 40, but I always keep it. And then there's always somebody out there willing to trade me nine millimeter or, you know, something else that I'm willing to use. So I definitely yeah, go use it for something or some other guy who will use it for something will come pick it up. It's probably me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Let's see. We we'll do one more, and then we'll uh, award our prizes here. Where did it go? We talked about that one. How about the uh, grunge junkie? And I think you answered him, uh, Brian. But this will be for everybody. Maybe you didn't see or hear the question. I have a Lee turret press and want to up my speed with a progressive press. Which press would you recommend? I've been looking at the new Lee six-stage progressive press coming out this summer, but looking at the best deal without going to Dylan Price range. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, and I said this, you know, on my on my answer to him, but um, the the classic turret is a really great uh, starting kind of kind of a progressive uh press um but i have not had good experience with uh the other kind of upper level of the lee uh progressives uh like the 1000 or the one that he's talking about i haven't had a good experience with those personally um for me what i would recommend is maybe trying to find like since they came out with the new 750 dylan 
I bet there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of uh, 650s out there that, that are maybe used or, uh, you know, I actually bought mine used uh, 10 years ago. And with uh, Dylan's warranty, like it doesn't matter if you're the original purchaser or not, you can just call them up and they'll, they'll give you a replacement part. Uh, so that's, that's a really huge benefit. Um, but yeah, those, I know that, you know, the Frankfurt Arsenal X10 is, is a pretty big jump up in price. It retails for 1200 bucks. Uh, so it's about the same price as a new Dylan. Um, and so it's got a lot of features and stuff, but for somebody who's, uh, kind of budget minded, it's, it's probably not what they want to go for, but, um, you know, you got to remember when you buy this thing, you know, it's you're not using it for a year or two. You know, most likely if you buy the right one, you can hand it down to your kids. Um, so, you know, I'd say the money's well well spent to kind of save up, maybe save up a little bit more and just and just buy something that's going to last you a while. So, would this be a good time to talk about the X10 Progressive Press with case feeder? Yeah, yeah, we can. Um, Frankfurt. So, Arsenal. Uh, Mike is a real good friend of mine. He's the engineer that, that designed the X10. And I always give him a hard time. If, uh, if I could design an engineer to make the progressive press, it would have been Mike. Uh, he's one of the top three gun shooters in the country. Um, he loads a ton and ton and ton of ammo. Um, and he's one of the best engineers that, that I've ever met. And so uh, this has been his baby for the past few years. Um, he's put a lot of thought and we put a lot of engineering resources into it. Um, and so I think that on the first, the first sentence, it's uh, designed by reloaders for reloaders. And that, that sentence couldn't be more accurate. Um, and so it's, it's a really, really good value. I think if you built a, uh, you have to build a Dillon 750 with a case feeder, it comes out right at about that same price. Uh, but you get a ton more features with the X10. Uh, so you get 10 stations um, instead of uh, five, I think, on the 750, maybe six now. Um, and so that just allows you a lot more flexibility in, in what you're doing, uh, especially for a rifle. And then, um, you know, they're going to come out with a bullet feeder as well. That's going to be really reasonable. Uh, the shell plates and the, the caliber changes are, are cheaper than, than the Dillon. Um, so there's a lot of really cool benefits. My favorite thing, which is, it, it kind of comes out of this thing where it's, uh, reloaders by reloaders is it's got integrated LEDs into the tool head. And so it lights up the whole tool head. You see, uh, everything. So when I started reloading, I had this like lamp that I'd have to kind of like pull over and right, try to like yeah. shine some light down in there because you want to check each uh case and make sure it's got powder in it and i like to uh, do a visual check on that um and so this thing just lights up the whole tray which is really cool but then another thing too uh when i was loading the prairie dog ammo um i was actually listening to music which i don't normally do and um i couldn't hear the primer alarm go off but the light actually flashes whenever the the primers were out and so it gave me a visual oh, indication nice. to that the primers were out so yeah. that's just you know it's something that is really simple it doesn't hardly take any effort uh, on the manufacturer at all but it's just something that you know if you load enough rounds on on a progressive press it's just like one of those things that just makes sense so yeah, yeah. Yep. you guys can go well, that press sounds awesome yeah uh, yeah we have a dylan rl 1100 in 
Yeah, it's it's got alarms and stuff like that. But what I did was I got a bicycle, um, a bicycle mirror, and I drilled the hole through where the where the press is, and do it so I angled it down so I could see inside the cases each individual. Right. So yeah, yeah I got like triple triple the checks. So yep. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's really important. And you go to frankfurtarsenal.com, uh, lead heads under the reloading tools, uh, and then reloading presses, and it's down at the bottom. It says coming soon. I don't guess you can pre-order these. You just got to wait till they're. Yeah, just put your email in there, and uh, you'll get an email whenever it's ready to buy. So uh, you can also, um, you know, there's some a bunch of YouTube videos and stuff that's out there. Uh, we've worked a lot with uh, Ultimate Reloader Gavin. Uh, he's the largest kind of reloading channel on YouTube, and uh, if you really want to get into the weeds on reloading, he's he's a good guy to to start watching. Uh, but we've well, worked directly tip. with him as well to get some outside feedback on it. So very cool. Pretty awesome. All yeah. right, let's give some stuff away now. Um, um, Brian, you're going to give away, what was it? You got some, uh, some magnets from lockdown. Yeah. So, uh, let me stop sharing my screen earlier, but, um, I was the uh, engineer for lockdown for the past five years. And so I actually, uh, am the one that designed this little magnet. So, um, this one is meant for rifles and shotguns. It, uh, holds up to 75 pounds. And so basically, uh, it's kind of tough for ARs because your handguard is usually blocking the, the barrel and most handguards aren't magnetic. Uh, but I've been able to attach it to the bolt before, um, you know, where the dust cover is, that's a pretty decent spot. It would work super well for a little shockwave up there. Um, and obviously you, you can actually hang, you know, two or three, uh, pistols on it as well. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. And they are great for your vehicle too. You could like mount these underneath your steering wheel or somewhere strategically in your vehicle, um, as well. Yeah. So see there, this is my two, two, three holds that really well. That's a smaller one. And of course the larger one's going to definitely hold that, but I've tested right. it with my ARs and my AKs and it holds them just fine. Yep. Uh, but yep. I plan yep. on installing this on the, when I do the walls, I've got some of the lockdown walls back here. Uh, I'm going to be putting, so my background you see here is going to go away once I get my walls up. Like, um, like Brian's got behind him. Yep. So he's got the yep. walls there. So I'll have a nice display back there once I get everything yep. uh, installed. Cool. Looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. So go to, um, are you, are you guys on Instagram right now? on my account, go to those questions. Or if you remember a question, what, what do you think uh, was one of your favorite questions that we, that we got? Hmm. Um, I liked the kind of Mythbuster thing. That was, that was uh, me. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was, was me. Cool. I can't, I've, I've already got That it. was all you, huh? <laughs> that was me. That was good, man. It's like you've been doing this for a while. You know, something. I'd have done that before. What's yeah, I'm looking now. How about the uh, the guy that you answered his question um, directly on uh, IG there, and we just we yeah. finished up with it. Um, who was that? the The grunge junkie. Grunge junkie. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. he had the lead so, turret press. Yeah, crunch. one upgrade to progressive. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. You know, you're as you start, you know, it's just like with anything, you know, you start with something that's cheap, it kind of gets you by. And then, you know, you slowly want to want to upgrade your equipment. You know, it's not like 
you went out and bought a $5,000 custom 2011 for your first pistol. You know, you kind of slowly work up to nicer and nicer things. And so uh, you just got to remember that just like a gun, you know, when you buy quality equipment and stuff, you know, it's something that can last you for a long time. So, yeah, I think that's a great, great question because you okay. you are eventually going to upgrade. You know, people always think, oh, I'm going to buy this and I'll use it forever. Well, you know, you'll you'll come to the fact that you're like, oh, well, I either need another press for something else or, uh, you know, I want to upgrade and, and do things faster. So you're always kind of changing and evolving just like any hobby. So. Okay. Yeah, that was a good one. So gun... Where was it at? The Grunge Junkie. Email me, talkinglet at gmail.com. Tell me what you won, what episode. Uh, and, of course, send your info, and I'll forward it on to Brian, and he'll get you hooked up with a set of these these awesome magnets yeah, here. For sure. Definitely. Yep. All right. So, Pete, we're gonna be, you're going to be giving away some ammo. Tell, tell our listeners what you're going to be rewarding our participate, participants with today. Yeah, so uh, we started doing uh, training ammo, um, range ammo. I'm in in two two three and nine millimeter. We're gonna do uh, in two two three. We uh, sell it in a two hundred forty round ammo can and a five hundred ten round ammo can. Um, so you're not having the strip boxes and trays and stuff when you go. You can just grab this little handy dandy plastic. Uh, but why two forty, Pete? Why two hundred and forty rounds? <laughs> well, we thought we were being pretty creative when we did two hundred and forty rounds and a five hundred and ten round. Um, because if you divide that by thirty, most two two three five five six guns are thirty round mags. And um so yeah, you can, you know, load up an even amount you don't of have any uh, strags. Yeah. So that's OCD people, that's perfect. Yeah, exactly. I like it. So so yeah, we're gonna give away a 240 round ammo can in uh, two two three, as long as it's legal in your state. That's right. And uh, are you on the grams? You want to go through those and pick pick uh, I, your favorite? That's question? what I was doing. Um, okay. Yeah, I. Uh, and it could be honestly, one that we didn't read yet either. You may see one on there that. That's what I was looking for. Uh, There's a couple. Car racer. I didn't ask his. That was pretty funny. How do you make rifle brass processing not suck? <laughs> yeah good products fine just here yeah. yeah yeah wear some comfortable boxers yeah i seen that that was funny <laughs> you liked that didn't you <laughs> yeah man i don't know just just pick one uh, it doesn't akm matter. archer best digital scales preferably with the trickle feature out there my old hornaday one is on the fritz you guys got any oh, suggestions for I, digital yeah i mean if you you know the best um the best is a lot. Um, there's one called Auto Trickler out there. If they watched earlier on those scales that I pointed out, they're a thousand bucks for that scale. There's a company called Auto Trickler out there that actually makes a progressive, you know, powder dropper as well, or the Frankfurt Frankfurt Arsenal one that we were looking at. Uh, both, you know, but you're talking two two automatic powder drop scales that are thousands of dollars apart from each other. Right. So um, when you say the best, um, you're talking, you know, two three thousand dollars. Yeah, money's no object for him. Well, then auto trickler it is. <laughs> uh, you so, got any suggestions, Brian? Yeah, I'd say the IntelliDropper from from Frankfurt Arsenal is is the one that I've used the most, um, and I've always had really good luck with it. So yeah, those yeah for the money you can't beat that. I mean, 
you know, it's not going to bring to bank. And, you know, for what most people do for reloading, that's going to service you just fine. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, yeah, depends on your budget, like I said. So, exactly. Yeah. Did you pick somebody yet? I didn't. I was hoping you would just do I, it. And... I was just killing time. Um, <laughs> do you want to give it to one of those three gunners? Sure, let's do it. Let's get them some real. Let's get them some real good uh, practice ammo for them. Um, you bet, man. How about uh, Kitzmiller? Uh, I've there heard heard from a few sources that components are getting caught up. When will we see more primers? We had a good conversation on it. I think that's a good question. Yeah, we did. Let's let's do that one. Um, yeah, and yeah, the sixty-two grain uh, uh, ammo can that he's going to get. There's sixty-two grain. It's actually ballistically matched with my TCX sixty-two. Um, so, um, if you wanted to buy a defensive round to match that, um, my 62 grain TCX would be a great choice. Very good. So, Very yeah. good. All right. There we go. Congratulations to our winners. Uh, email me, let me know what you won, uh, your address and, uh, we'll get you hooked up. Definitely. Yeah. Or if you don't, I'll keep the ammo and shoot it. <laughs> or yeah. Or send it to me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so here's what here's here's what I've going forward, and I may not have made this announcement yet, but any unclaimed prizes, we donate to uh, Sheepdog Impact Assistance. Uh, it's a great cool. veterans organization that awesome. uh, gets our uh, military and law enforcement men and women off the couch, keeps them active, and uh, engaged. Yo, that's a cool idea. Yeah, yeah man. that's awesome. Which uh, it's rare that we get unclaimed. Yeah, I would say prizes, but great show. Did did we? You think we covered everything? I mean, the basics definitely. I think. Yeah, we got the basics. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we'll do a more advanced uh, uh, show down the road once I start getting into it a little. Yeah, man. A little bit here, yeah. but uh, greatly appreciate you guys being on, taking the time, uh, Brian. Uh, it yeah. was it was great meeting you the other day, and I appreciate you on the short notice agreeing to do this and you yeah, man. wealth of knowledge man definitely sure. um nice. when we get the walls up um you know you and i and i've i've mentioned this on the show but it's keeps getting rescheduled but uh, you and i are going to gun site here in a couple months yep. and we're going to do some three gun shooting we're gonna do pistol yep, rifle man. and shotgun right yep yep yeah, so we're going to tour uh, the vault room at, at Gunsight uh, that's all decked out with the lockdown walls. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look at some other products and stuff that, that we're coming out with. And then uh, you're going to be one of 25 other influencers that we've got out there for that event. So it's just going to be a, a, ton, a ton of content. It's going to be really cool. I haven't um, asked you who else is going yet. We'll, we'll talk about that off air. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're going to talk about that. And once I get my walls up, um, you guys will start seeing that in the background there. And um, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, again, give everybody where they can get in touch with with you. They can find you lockdown. Um, yeah, so um, lockdown.com. Um, you can check out our website there. Um, you've got my personal uh, Instagram there uh, in that comment section on, on this post. So Feel free to uh, DM me. I'd be happy to answer any questions about reloading or lockdown or competition shooting or whatever. Um, you know, I'm pretty pretty active on there. Um, and so, yeah, that's can that's people really can people get in touch with you on that because that was one of the things. D down zero D W N Z R O. 
Yep. Yeah. So uh, I can't be tagged on there unless I'm following you. Okay. And I can change that. Uh, I just I used to get a bunch of spam on that account. Sure. But people can um, message you. So, but yeah, they can message me and I'll get it. Okay. Yeah. Very so, cool. And yeah. then of course, Lockdown Secure is your website is. Yeah. So it's lockdown.com, and then uh, all the social and stuff is Lockdown Secured. So. And any news on? Or I think I talked. We talked to Ronell about a door, a vault door. Is that yeah. something you guys were working on? Uh, we're working on it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think we, we you know, teased it a little uh, bit. If you kind of, if you think about where the, uh, the world economy is right now, all the things that are made of steel and electronics, like uh, cars are uh, having a hard time. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, I got put on the back burner. You know, we can't get into a bidding word with uh, Ford and GM on, on steel and electronics prices. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's coming. Gotcha. Yeah. I had somebody, I had a listener ask me about that the other day. Yeah. I wish I had a better answer There's for There's people but. looking forward to it. Definitely. Oh, man. I know. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got the walls. The walls are, are going. You know, we're launching the walls in November. So um, those are good to go. Yeah. Uh, I think once I get mine up and everything, we're going to have you on. And, of course, after I do the, we do the gun site and learn about the new products, we're going to have um, Brian and the gang back on, and we'll talk about all the new products, too. Yeah, uh, looking for sure. forward, looking forward to that. Me uh, too. Pete, Defiant Munitions. Yep, DefiantMunitions.com at Defiant Munitions on all the social media stuff. Uh, you want to email me at info at DefiantMunitions.com. So pretty easy to get a hold of. If you want to call and talk to me, my number is on my website. There you go. Very good. Very good. Uh, and then, of course, that discount code you guys can use is LEADHEAD, all caps. You get 10% off uh, at Defiant Munitions. And they got cool hats and shirts and stuff, too. Yeah, we just got a whole restock of shirts, hats, tank tops, women's tank tops. Got tankers? Oh, sweet. Yeah. Tank tops are coming back. I'll send you one. I didn't Probably know you. <laughs> I got to get back in the gym. Yeah, yeah no, right. Yeah, now, now that I got the hip all you know ready to go, I'm I'm ready to get back in shape. Yeah, get back to my fighting weight. There right. you go. Heck yeah! Uh, and then of course our other sponsors go and show Keltec some love. Keltecweapons.com. Use the code Leadhead. You get 15 percent off there. Uh, still got the episode with Chad. Where we're going to talk about their new P. I think it's P15. Is what it is. Their new nine millimeter. Um, that's that's coming up. And uh, but go to their website, use that code, uh, get discount on anything but their firearms. Mission First Tactical, all the cool stuff at Mission First Tactical. They even have cool hats and shirts at Mission First Tactical too. Um, but they've got uh, the magazines, they've got the AR accessories. The butt stocks are my favorite. I love their minimalist uh, butt stocks. I took They're all my guns up. away. I normally have like all my guns back here too, Brian, but. Yeah, because I'm cleaning my spot to put up the wall. Right. I, I moved everything, yeah. so I don't have all my Mission stuff. Mission First Tactical is actually uh, sponsoring all the holsters and stuff for the three gun event. So. I know. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Use the code Leadhead to get twenty percent off. They're they, like Brian just said; they've got great holsters too, awesome yep. holsters, and they and they can print on the holsters too. So you can, yeah, we got custom mags and everything. It's gonna be sweet. Sweet! I can't wait. Yep. It's gonna be awesome. Um, and then Seal One, I'm wearing their shirt today. Go to SealOne.com. We had Dwight on a couple episodes ago. Uh, we talked about their fundraiser that they did with um, 
Beyond the Teams, a nonprofit organization um, that kind of does outdoor activities and bikes. And they, they did a canoe thing. They canoed from the Keys to Miami uh, in one of those outrigger canoes, uh, raising money for a couple of different organizations. Um, mm. But SEAL One, go check them out, SEAL1.com. And for all your gun cleaning needs, CLP, the SEAL One Plus has got you covered especially you AK guys uh, that are out there. It uh, helps prevent that corrosion, definitely. Uh, code Leadhead, 20%, uh, 25% off at SEAL 1. Uh, and then for our classic logo, Talking Lead t-shirts, uh, patches, you go to 1776United, use the code Talking Lead, and you get 20% off. And that's any of their products there, not just our logoed items. Uh, that's our classic logo there. So that'll be the logo that's on the shirt. And then our Leadhead Brigade, which is this logo. We've got shirts and patches with that logo on there that you can get at 1776. Uh, and then for our AK people, you go to Factory 47 for that logo, T-shirts, hoodies, um, and the mugs. You see the mug here I've got. That's an awesome Yeah, it is. Mug. Super it's got all the AK Factory logos on the back. And our shirts have that on the back also. Shirts That's awesome. and hoodies. That's cool, man. Uh, so you can go to Factory 47 with a K, F-A-K-T-O-R-Y 47.com, Leadhead, 10% off. Um, yeah, I think I covered everybody there. So uh, until the next episode, Leadheads, uh, if you've got questions for me, you got suggestions for topics that you want us to talk about, you got guests you want us to have on the show, talkinglead at gmail.com. You can get in touch with me. And don't forget, you still got some time to enter our Century Arms BFT 47 giveaway. We were giving away an AK 47. Uh, it's through our, our, our AK corner. As things are scheduled now, we're going to be giving that away in July, the July episode of the AK Corner. And uh, I told you what to do. You got to listen to the show. Make an Instagram post of any of you with any Century Arms firearm. Uh, and I've given you all the things that you need to do in other episodes. So go back and listen to those episodes. I'm not going to go through it here again. Uh, but if we don't get enough participation, we're not going to give it away. Yeah, well, I mean, seriously, like how hard is that to do? Like, with the way technology is, like, right. I would be blowing it up. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, you know what? Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll win it. You can. Right. You can do it. Yeah. Brian, you can enter as well. Anyone is eligible. As long as you're not Century Arms or Talking Lead, <laughs> you can enter. Anybody really? can enter. So you yeah. three gunners that are out there, it just, just a picture of you or a video of you with a Century Arms fire, it could be any other fire, anything they've imported. It doesn't have to be an AK. It could be a Canic, even be a Canic. Uh, it could be one of their NAC nines. It could be a, um, what was the one? A Mosin, you know, a Mosin Nagant that they imported. Uh, the what's the MP5? The AP5s. They call them AP5s. Uh, it could be one of those, and it doesn't have to be yours. You can go to a, a gun uh, store. You know, if they rent them, rent one. Do pictures, but be safe. Make sure you're being safe, not being an idiot, not doing stupid stuff with your firearms. Any pic, and you don't have to be in the picture with it, but you know, whatever. The more creative it is, the better. We've got judges that are going to judge those. Use the hashtag TLBFT47 
TLBFT47. That's how I'm tracking these. But as I was telling these guys earlier, I've been, I guess, shadow banned, and it's I, they, they won't let me see anything TLBFT47. Uh, so make sure you tag me at Talking Lead because uh, I can find it that way. And then, of course, tag all our sponsors, Defiant and IWI and uh, everybody, uh, Century Arms. Uh, but go th- go do that. Do it now because you're running out of time. That's all yeah, I got to no say kidding. about that. All right. Till next episode, as always, keep your loved ones close. And fire, fire close. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>